Hello everyone, it's Jackson here just to quickly explain what the MP3 you are listening to is. Uh, we do a premium podcast called The Great Gundam Project, where we watch two episodes of Gundam a week till we're done uh, in almost a decade. Uh, so that's going to take a while, but in January we recorded a podcast on the movie Charles Counterattack. And today, uh, on the 5th of December 2019... Shards Counterattack is being shown in cinemas across America. Uh, not across, you know, anywhere else. Otherwise, I'd be seeing it as well. But whatever. Not not bitter. Not bitter at all. Uh, but it's showing in cinemas, uh, and people are going to be talking about it. And we thought it would be nice to make uh, the Shards Counterattack episode of The Great Gundam Project free for everyone to listen to. Uh, and I thought instead of just throwing it up on YouTube, which I will also do, uh, I would put it in the Your Uncle's Beach House feed for the free anime uh, podcast that we release. Uh, so everyone can listen to it. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, before we start, though, small warning. Obviously, Shards Counterattack is episode seventy. Uh, so there have been sixty-nine nice prior weeks of Gundam content, uh, which means that if you have not watched uh, the shows Mobile Suit Gundam, Zeta Gundam, and ZZ Gundam, there are going to be just tons and tons of spoilers uh free spoilers throughout don't watch the movie don't listen to this podcast you should go back to the start and watch gundam i firmly believe this i, I love gundam obviously uh and then you know people will tell you different starting points you should start a mobile suit gundam this podcast will be waiting for you if however uh you you know you're a gundam fan you just heard oh you saw on twitter someone linked maybe there was a shards counterattack podcast that we did someone you know I don't know how you'll find things, but if you're just a Gundam fan, then please enjoy the podcast. If you enjoy this, uh, then we do this every single week. Uh, we're, in, we're in G Gundam now, so you know we've left Tomino behind, but the, the podcast continues, the Gundam train continues, and you can access that for $1 a month at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. Um, I think that's everything. I don't think I've forgotten anything here. Let me just make sure, go through my checklist, do that one more time. You know, I've got to say that this is the Great Gunner Project. Uh, it's an old episode. We did it in January, done all that. Yep, check, check, check. Uh, you can go to the podcast and listen to it if you want more. Uh, and don't listen if you don't want all of the Gundam up to Shards Counterattack spoiled. Stressing that again, there are spoilers in the very first seconds of this podcast because we've got a nice little audio promo at the start uh, that they used on Toonami back in the day. So that's it. We're done. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope that some of you maybe subscribe to the Great Gundam product after hearing this. I hope you tell us what you think. Um, that's it. Goodbye. We'll see you later. That's it. Take it away, Peter Cullen. <laughs> After the one year war, the armed forces yearn for redemption. Char, the leader of this rabble, has hatched a plan. We will discipline the people who continue to live on Earth and eliminate the source of any wars in Earth's sphere. Under the guise of surrender, Zion will make their final assault. What are they up to? Char, what are you thinking? Deeming Earthlings so vile a creature, Char schemes to save the planet by destroying the people. The Earth cannot go on like this any longer. No one has the right to punish human beings that way. Only the Londo Bell, Amaro Ray, and his Gundam stand in their way. Mobile Suit Gundam, Char's Counterattack, Saturday, January 4th at 11 p.m. An Adult Swim exclusive. Revenge is a dish that's filled cold. Welcome, everyone, 
to the Great Gundam Project, episode 70. I am Jackson, as usual, I am joined by M. We are here Gundam to talk time. to you about Gundam. Welcome to any new listeners, because I'm sure this episode got a bunch of retweets by people, as it is an entry point. Not Usually our entry points are free on YouTube, but because this is it, it's not free. So thank you very much if you have paid to listen to us talk about Shah's counterattack. But listen to the previous 69 episodes, they're good. They will give you a lot of context about the massive journey we have gone on to get to the point we are now <laughs> yeah i feel like you need to know the journey to understand the read we're about to drop on you about this movie <laughs> I, yeah if you are a fair weather gundam fan and you're like oh i wonder what they thought about the gundam movie i like it when amara ray fights the gundams um it's about to be in for awakening on what we think about this movie <laughs> uh but that's the preview i guess we are now hardened political Gundam fans and we've watched the big movie and we're going to talk about it. It's our Charles Counterattack week. We've been leading to it for years. Year and a half. Close enough. It feels like my entire life. <laughs> okay. It's been a year and a half. It's really only been a year. Like, the the era of Gundam taking a toll on my body really yes, is when we get to the, yes. to the, to the so end of the it's been almost exactly a year. Yeah. This has been my one year war. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know what? That's true. Um, this this year of because you can man that means oh. in your in your narrative of the one year war the SD Gundam stuff will be your Lala's here now. Lala's <laughs> here. It's the SD Gundam stuff. That, that's what we're doing the next few, five weeks. Um, yeah, uh, just in advance because it, it's not obvious. Next week we will be covering uh, SD Gundam Mark One and Mark Two, which are three episodes apiece. I think they're shorts. You can find them on torrents. Uh, normally we're like, you know, pay for the anime if you can, but you this doesn't exist. Literally you cannot pay exist. for this. You'll never if, be able to pay for this. In fact, download it. there are SD Gundam episodes that we can't cover because they, they have not been translated by anyone, even yeah. illegally. I have found the untranslated roars if we want to watch them and not understand them, but that seems new pa- New Patreon goal, we find someone to fan-translate those <laughs> SD Gundams. That... We find someone to translate the SD Gundams, yeah. that We've got, yeah. we found the roars, we just can't do anything with them because we can't speak yeah. Japanese. Um... But that is enough preamble. It is time no, for us. No, it's not. Jackson, this is the podcast. Have oh. you watched any anime? It's 2019. You are legally obligated to watch anime every week. <laughs> no, but I haven't, but that's because I've been watching Charles Counterattack multiple times. I finished a show and watched a movie. Oh. I watched four movies, but I'm only really here to talk about one. All right. You tell me about your Dragon Ball Z journey. No, no, no. I'm not here to talk about Dragon Ball Z. Didn't you watch four? You watched three Dragon Ball Z movies. What was the other movie you watched? I watched The Door into Summer. I had no idea you even watched that. What is this? Uh, This is a movie uh, from '81, uh, based on a manga from Keiko Takemiya. Um, The movie is directed by Mori Masaki. It is like Toei Animation and Madhouse. It is considered one of the first like Shonen Eye stories. If you don't know what that is, that's boys' love stuff. I, um, I know what that is. <laughs> because it's 81, do you want to guess what the actual story is about? Um, I can't. Like, I'm sure. I've got okay. no possible I will, idea. I will give you, I will give okay. you a, okay. a general plot summary. And I'll, you point out to me where the, uh, where the Shonen Eye comes in. So this is a story about four boys in a summer in France. Uh, <laughs> like... It's like uh, Marion, Jacques, Lindo, and Claude, and uh, it begins with two of the boys in a duel, and one of like the other boy rushes in to stop their duel as they fire on each other, and then it's like I wish we could take it all back that horrible summer, and then cuts the beginning of the summer where they're all friends. Uh, How do you expect the Shonen Eye part of this manifests in the story from that setup? 
I mean, the 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 two boys who were dueling were definitely uh, in love. Like uh, the two boys who are dueling are in love with a lady uh, who oh. is like like the the mayor's daughter who is super great, and then the boy who rushes in to stop it uh, gets seduced by like an older woman and learns what loves is after he was like the leader of the rationalist club, and then the fourth member who you didn't see in the duel is the one guy who admits to the main character that he's in love with him right before he kills himself because it's fucking 1981. <laughs> Oh, you mean in that direction? <laughs> yes. You mean in the worst possible direction? Spoilers for the movie, but the one gay scene is he in like a thunderstorm in a stable. He admits that he loves the main character, kisses him, and then the next scene is him dead in a river. <laughs> <laughs> that is like that is perfect. You can't get more spot on for the eighties. Yes. Like I can't believe that that is just there. It is there. That's the whole thing right there. Yeah, it's a really pretty movie. It's kind of dumb as rocks honestly i i didn't i didn't really i had an okay time i kind of guessed it was going to be like that because it always be like that in that era but it is the oh 80s boy. and i am too gay to live bang yep. yes exactly <laughs> yeah that's how it is yeah that, that is how it is i also finished uh kimono friends you did it's very good uh it ends on a really great episode i'm really sad they're never gonna make more of it <laughs> Just uh, dead you aren't, forever. You aren't going to hurt yourself like other people are going to hurt themselves and try to suffer through season two, right? I mean, if people say, despite everything, season two is actually pretty good, I'll look at it. But no, I don't intend to. I have so many other things to watch. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, Komodo Friends better than Door into Summer. <laughs> Let it be known. Yes, that's my take. The comparisons people are making everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes. The comparisons I will make on this podcast. <laughs> For years, people have been asking, what is better, Komodo Friends or Door into Summer? Yeah, I watched some DVZ movies. Uh, I really liked uh, the movie Super Android 13, which is movie seven. Very good. Like it a lot. Especially, we watch these dubbed. If you're into sub Dragon Ball Z, you live your life, I guess. But I'm not going to follow you into that hell. Um, But it's good. There's a lot of weird choices made in that movie Mm -hmm. all around. Cool. Goku goes to a mall. Yes! Mall scenes! Yes. It opens with ten minutes of mall scenes. It's the thing I want, really. Oh, that's all I want from any movie. Jackson, if you don't watch any anime next week, we have to delete you and get someone new in this podcast. <laughs> Look, Dylan, I, you, you're up. You're up no, to talk what? about SD Gundam. <laughs> I'm being thrown off the podcast. <laughs> yes. Because I haven't watched anything on my illegally huge Plex server. <laughs> yes. I just like to have anime. I don't like to watch it. <laughs> you have to watch it. This is an anime podcast. <laughs> no, I will. It's, like I said, it's been a weird couple weeks for me. Hard to watch stuff. That's the thing you said on a different podcast, Jackson. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> the part right. where you talked about it being a hard couple weeks was on a different podcast we recorded before well, this. To be fair, I also say that on every podcast we've ever recorded. Yes, no, it's so been we- five years of it being a weird couple weeks for you. <laughs> so we can just assume that I've been having a normal one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe people can understand each other. Um, I I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) The anime I have been watching is called Mobile Suit Gundam Shah's Counterattack. That is what we are here to discuss. You have 7,850 or whatever words of notes. 7,300, I think. 7,300? Okay. I was only 500 above. Yeah. 
the fact that only 500 above is like a non not kind of negligible number in your summary is a very good sign of how many words you've written <laughs> uh, if you're new to this normally i write summaries that are about like a thousand fifteen hundred words each episode because you know i like to cover the episodes so we have stuff to talk about uh the gundam wiki sure as hell not gonna give you a good summary so we're gonna um yep and the way we do this these are is, artisanal summaries the way we do this is that you do the summaries and i will be interrupting you a lot it's not me being rude that's just how we do it you'll be talking and then i'll just be like we're gonna talk about this point and yes. usually i do that at a fairly rapid pace uh which will make this episode four hours long so yeah, we'll, we'll see how see this goes your guess is as good as mine. We'll all uh, check out how this goes. I'll probably interrupt less than I, you know. There'll I be a hope that's talk. not true. Uh, well, no, because we might just talk about the themes when we're done with the movie. That's true. <laughs> Who can say? Uh, but yes, uh, this... Uh, let me go do the actual important thing, because it's a show. Uh, it's an actual new release. So Mobile Suit Gundam, Shah's Counter-Attack, was released uh, March 12th, 1988. Uh... It is a, an adaptation of a novel called High Streamer that was, like, serialized uh, in 87. Um, um, yeah. the, uh, was... the, the Blu-ray has a bunch of trailers on it. This aired in, like, a roadshow, like, format where it'd, like, travel around or whatever. Tickets okay. for this for adults were 1,900 yen, which in today money is $32. That's too much money to go see an anime movie. Goddamn adults. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... Yep, it is directed and written by uh, Tom and I, as usual. That's the last time we can say this. Yeah, I was going to say, the space in which that remains true is shrinking rapidly. <laughs> by, we, we are at the end of it, and it'll come back for a bit, yeah. but not that long. Uh, yeah, and that's that's it. We're here to talk about it. This is the movie. I guess we have... I can't, I can't vamp any longer. It's time to begin the summary. Could you tell me what happens in Charles Counterattack? It is Universal Century 0093. On the moon, a woman named Chan is getting a rush delivery of a Gundam that is late because everything is held up because Char is dropping an asteroid on the Earth. <laughs> Title Fantastic <card>. opening. <laughs> Literally the first line of the movie. God damn it, we have to move. Char's dropping an asteroid on the Earth. If you thought this was going to be a slow movie. <laughs> uh, yep. On Earth, we meet a bunch of hippies and a blue-haired girl that looks like four, but her name is Quest, and they are running from the cops. They get surrounded, the hippies get beat up by the cops, and then Quest is taken in because her father is a high-rank Federation official called Adonar Pariah. Her name's Quest Pariah. Uh, she is thrown into a limo where she bites her stepmom slash her father's mistress. I, I guess she, they're not married. I don't know. Um, the men who watch the limo drive off remark that that woman is not his wife. And they shrug and it's like, that's how it be when you're a rich person in the Federation. <laughs> that's how it be when you're all the worst cops who ever lived. Yeah. Uh, they are on a flight to Hong Kong uh, because they want to get off Earth before an asteroid hits. Because I assume they're in Lhasa, where the government is, and that's about to not exist. So, <laughs> those two people who are like, "Well, this is what happens when you're the life of a top Federation official." Oh, they're dead. They're they absolutely are so dead. dead. <laughs> um, Quest is like, "Why didn't you stop Shar before he dropped an asteroid on us?" And uh, Adonar is like, "Oh, we didn't actually believe Shar is capable of it. He says a lot of shit." And you know, he hasn't done most of it. Uh, and Quest is like, I can't believe that you think you could destroy, uh, control 10 billion people in space when you've never even been to space. You suck, Dad. Uh, cut to space. A battle rages. Uh, the <laughs> asteroid Fifth Luna is headed towards Earth, uh, directed by Neo Zeon forces. The Federation's attempting to stop it, but without avail, as the nuclear engines fire, pushing it harder into Earth's gravity. 
uh, one of the GMs calls out to Almero Ray, who is here fighting um, in the Federation, because he's once again our favorite cop, Almero Ray. <laughs> he's, he did it. He spent uh, a year being, he was like, I'm a kid and I've become a cop and I'm going to put down my gun and then I'm not going to be a cop anymore. And everyone's like, that makes you more of a cop. And he's like, fine, what if I fight and, again? And everyone's like, you're still, God, Amaro, fuck's sake. <laughs> Char, who is a captain, despite being now the leader of Neo Zeon, launches uh, from his flagship in the fucking great new mobile suit, the Sazabi, the final boss form of all of his Red Comet mobile suits. Yep, final uh, boss, Sazabi. He is being tasked to go help Gune, who is a cyber new type that is one of Char's ace pilots in this war. Uh, otherwise, they are about to withdraw because the asteroid is doing its business and they want to stay away because they did their job. Uh, Char gets into the Zazabi with like the coolest head closing animation ever, uh, where it, it shows the cockpit and it pulls out to like the escape pod that we've seen in prior Gundams. And you're like, oh, the thing that's in the middle. And then it pulls out even further. And no, this is in the head of this giant mobile suit as it like seals up with the most beautiful animation ever because they have a movie budget now. And boy, are they going to spend it. Like everything is like, I don't know if it's quite Psycho Gundam size, but everything is on a whole other scale. You just can't tell because it's in space. Yes. So you have um, this shot to remind you. Yes. Gune is in a mobile suit called the Octoga. Uh, the Sazabi launches. It's this amazing scene where he's like tethered on a rope and he launches like the catapult and then like the rope snaps off and uh, probably stop saying it pretty soon here, but this is an incredibly well animated movie compared to what we've been watching for the last year and a half. <laughs> they have a budget now? Yeah. And like Gundam's always been like a show that can look really pretty when it wants to, but man, this thing's just all the time like that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the out on the asteroid, Gune is fighting Amro, who is in the fakest Gundam ever created, the Re-GZ. <laughs> Yep. Which is like, what if we made a Zeta really shitty and generic and put Amro in it? And Shah's <laughs> Which like, is everything nobody wants. <laughs> and Shah's like, damn, this mobile suit sucks. Get out of here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so Amro's like, oh, I can't believe we didn't stop the asteroid. And then he almost kills Gune, but then Shah comes in, him and Amro engage in battle. Uh, Gune almost gets killed by some dummy asteroids. Uh, and we see one of the new technologies of this movie, the airbags in the Gundam that inflate when you get rocked by something. And then you slam into the airbag and the airbag deflates again to be reused, which is very cool and a good safety feature. I approve. Yes. Uh, Amro tells Char if he drops the asteroid, it'll cause nuclear winter. And Char is like, yes, that's the point. I'm going to force all the people off of earth. Uh, it is me who, it's, it, this is the point where he's like, it's my job to punish all of the people of Earth or whatever. It is Shah Asimov's destiny to enforce discipline. Yes, that line. Uh, and Amro's like, okay. Amro's like, you don't have the right to do that. Uh, but then he's in the ReGZ, so it just sucks. And Shar <laughs> literally is like toying with him because Gune's over there like, why aren't you using your funnels? Uh, because he doesn't have to because the ReGZ sucks. Uh, yep. Amro flees and Shar then picks up Gune's wrecked suit and heads back home. Shar doesn't even chase him. He's like, I'm not fighting you in that. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, on Earth, we go back to Mirai Noah. Yes. Uh, unrecognizable as Mirai, honestly. <laughs> Uh, it was they said her name i was like oh right that must be mariah i guess yes she's trying to catch the last shuttle out of hong kong but she is not important enough to get into space with her kids no um 
behind her at, at the main doors, uh, Mr. Adenauer's mistress refuses to go into space with Quest. She's like, you have to pick your daughter or me. And he's like, well, get fucked then, lady. Uh, and so he goes to the desk brushing past Mariah. And he's like, I'm here. And they're like, oh, right. Three tickets, sir. And he's like, oh, I guess I've got an extra ticket. Uh, what about that lady over there? And the guy's like, oh, she has a note from this lesser government official. He's like, well, give her one of my tickets, I guess. I feel kind of bad. Make her pick among her children who gets to survive. Rebel <laughs> Gundam, oh. Mirai's choice. <laughs> and Mirai turns and goes, oh, Hathaway, go into space, go meet up with your dad. Uh, this is good old Hathaway Noah of The Flash in 10 years. <laughs> because that always works. Uh, Hathaway is like, oh, I'm the biggest cop in space. I love to go into space. <laughs> I have the sequel to Amuro and Cats put together, but worse. <laughs> oh. Uh, Mirai is then forced to wait for the next shuttle, and she's like, there's a war, there's not going to be a next shuttle. Uh, and the guy's like, yeah, I guess that's true, but I don't know what to tell you. I'm just an official. I'm also about to die here. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the uh, sense you get from the guy at the counter that he's also fucked is incredible. Yes. I love him. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, the shuttle is going to a side one colony called Lindenium. Lindenium. Uh, yes. Uh, back in space, Amuro docks at the fake Argama called the Rai Kalum. Uh, this is part of the Londo Bell unit, the Federation fleet that is engaging against Zeon, specifically. Yes. Uh, they have formed they a new not... special unit to fight against Zeon, because that worked so well last time they did that. Uh, yes, we find out that they are not getting any support from the colonies in fear that if they throw in with the Federation against Char's plan, that the colonies themselves will rebel because the Londo Bell is on the right side of history when literally 10 billion people are about to riot against you. And you know Char, you're the good guys. I remember talking about that. No, Char. I remember Bright talking about this guy. Why could they possibly? I'm like, you were rebelling again. Literally in two shows ago, guys, you dumbasses, you cops, you idiots. Yes. Uh, is like, oh, the asteroid's coming down on Lhasa. Have, have everyone evacuated? And Char's like, yeah, all the government officials who were told about it evacuated. Right. We've uh, both done this Everyone thing. else totally fucked. Yep. Uh, we get a weird shot of just like a Federation colony emplacement where like Xeon soldiers burst in and like do a suicide bombing to show you what the situation is in the world right now. Mm -hmm. um, in Hong Kong, Adnar and the kids take off in a shuttle for space. Uh, they are going up right as the asteroid is coming down. The pilots are so mo nervous they put on normal suits. Uh, Quest, uh, showing that she is a new type, senses the asteroid coming, uh, and she intuits that they need to dodge it by going further right than the pilots are going. She's like, oh, we're going to get hit. And they do. They get, like, dinged a little bit. Uh, she falls into Hathaway's lap, and Hathaway is like, oh, a girl. And then she, like, is busy watching her father, like, cower and pray, and she's like, oh, this fucking, my dad, he sucks so much. Uh... The asteroid hits Lhasa, wipes off face of the Earth. We see multiple people clearly not evacuated, just burnt in the giant fireball. Uh, uh, yeah. It's bad time. That's what happens when you drop an asteroid on the Earth. Yes. Uh, Amuro is frustrated that he couldn't do anything. I think he literally punches a wall here. <laughs> yeah, so well, here's actually what happens, is you get this like really terrifying scene of the destruction of this asteroid coming to Earth, uh, and it like makes sure to point out that like all the Federation people escaped, but basically you just have completely dilapidated... Uh, civilian areas just gone just lives lost in an instant and then it hard cuts to Amuro hitting a wall and going oh this sucks I'm going to the moon well yeah so he's like why didn't the Federation inspection team spot Zeon 
mobilizing again. And then Bright's like, well, you know, we send out inspection teams, but all the colonies support Char and they just hide all the evidence whenever they show up because it, we're, everyone's being sent from Earth, so it takes them forever to get out to the colonies. And Armor's like, oh, I'm going to the moon. I'm going to defeat Char before he gets to Sweetwater. And then he gets in his ship and flies off and then falls asleep on his ship. There's a lot of, like, sleeping in transit in this movie mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like it's just meant to imply this is, no, this is the hard sci-fi. Yeah, it's like the space right. is Bef- big. Before the psycho frame shows up, this is the hard sci-fi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Gunder decides to be hard sci-fi, it's very funny. Uh, yes. I feel like these conversations with Amara and Blight are bright. Uh, some of Blight, the- no, you Blight, got it right Blight. the first time. <laughs> yeah, I got it right the first time. You know, Ash, the hero of all space, punched him in the face. Uh, some of the bleakest shit in Gundam because it's not just like why are they doing both characters know why no one's helping them they know why they're yes. the bad guys and they do it anyway yes <laughs> they can do uh, nothing else they are the fucking coppest most bullside centrist bullshit in the world they do it they like perfectly there's a scene where he literally says remember when we fought against the like federation like corruption yeah like, that's, that's a little you. later that's you you're talking yep. that's you yeah <laughs> Anyway, um, on, on the moon, Amro meets a Chan. Uh, she talks about the new suit that's been delivered and then complains about how Anaheim is selling suits to both sides. And then Amro's like, yeah, that's just corporations, I guess. What, she, what can you expect from them? And then he goes to inspect his new Gundam called the new Gundam. Yes, it is. Uh, he flirts with Chan. She is his mechanic and maybe his girlfriend, I guess. Yep. Um, it's never it's never clear because Amro is a sexist robot or a sexless robot whether or not they are like actually a couple or if they're just in like the weird thing that he's always been in with people. Amro is the most solid snake in this movie. Yeah. He just turns on flirt mode and it's like this is how humans flirt. Yes. <laughs> um uh, the new Gundam is busy getting armor slapped on it. It has an entirely new Psycom system that's built into the mo- frame of the mobile suit itself instead of like just a computer in the cockpit. Uh, and so the whole thing is like a new type energy conduit. Uh, Hot so, you know, yeah. Um, they mentioned that the plans for this technology just mysteriously showed up from R&D one day. Uh, and that the new Gundam will be ready to go in three days. And I was like, I don't have three days. This movie takes place over a day and a half. Uh, sure does. Yes. Uh, we see Char, like, 100 feet tall, floating in space, just yeah. like Haman Karn did, yeah. giving a speech, congratulating Z on their success. Uh, it cuts to the transmission room, which it did not with Haman, uh, where Char finishes the transmission, and, like, some, like, of, like officials, like, very good, Captain. And then Char takes off his cape and's like, oh, I feel like a damn clown. Uh Gune shows up and he's like, I'm sorry, I almost got myself killed by being a dumbass. And Char's like, well, yes, please don't be a dumbass. We spent a lot of money enhancing you. Uh, please be more careful. And then him and Anai, his right-hand woman, who is somewhat like a personal assistant slash like also in command of his fleet, uh, head off for another meeting. Uh, he goes into another room where a bunch of other men in suits are sitting there debating whether Gune should be brought along with them. But Char, now putting on a suit, uh, vouches for him, and he's like, it's time to go be a politician, and heads off with Nanai to go for another briefing somewhere. <laughs> Everyone's moving. Things are happening. I like Nanai yep. a lot. Char is on that like presidential schedule uh, where you just work <laughs> yes. for 17 hours a day. <laughs> Char is absolutely on the presidential sca- schedule, and he hates it. Yes. Uh, Amuro receives word that the Londo Bell needs him and he's like, oh, the Gundam's gonna go whether you're ready or not, so pack everything up, it's time to fly. Um, we meet Rezin, uh, she is a Xenon, Xenon soldier, uh, she just seems like the oldest old type 
I know that's like a fake thing, but she just seems like a grumpy old Xeon vet. Uh, and she heads out into space for a mysterious mission. Uh, we get Chan and Amuro in the new Gundam as it launches in like a tandem seat where Chan is in front and is like, she ends up falling asleep. I think that's later, a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Char and his team leave on a disguised transport for Londinium. Rezin's team attacks uh, as a distraction to allow Char's safe passage. Uh, Chan, as they're launching, uh, asks that a the Psycom frame sample that they got from R&D be sent to Londo Bell for her later, and her and Amara launch. Uh, on the Rakaloom, the mobile suits scramble to engage all the Xeon forces. Uh, Amro and Chan rush to join the battle. Uh, Chan sleeping on the way. We see the Rock Kailum Battle Bridge, which is underneath the normal bridge by a single deck. <laughs> where it's just they go from the room with windows that can easily get shot out to the room without windows as like uh, Bright's chair descends one level. It's very silly. It's very silly. It's not a real practical battle bridge, but I guess it's more practical than having just double ply windows. Yes. Uh, we get a battle. The battle rages as it always does. It does. Uh, the shuttle with Quest heads near to the battle because one of the engines was damaged brushing against the asteroid. Uh, we get a, like, Resin's, uh, like, opposite number on the Federation side. Her name is Kara. Uh, she clashes with Resin. Uh, neither of them matter, of course. Resin nearly gets <laughs> shot by the new Gundam, who comes blazing into battle and begins taking out a bunch of Xeon forces. Uh, Hathaway and Quest look out the window, and they're like, oh, it's a Gundam. We're in Gundam now. Uh, the Xeon forces pull back, and Amuro then spots the shuttle and tows it into the Rock Heloom. On board, Hathaway meets his dad and fills him in on what's going on. Bright meets with Adenauer. Um, and he's like, I've got a special mission. You need to go to Londinium right away. Uh, we need to go there. I have a mission. That's the whole thing that's going on. Amro, we cut to Amro having a dream about Lala where she is a swan and then transforms into Lala as Amro's floating in like a psychedelic space. But this is like the late eighties now. So they don't even know how to do a psychedelic space anymore, which is a shame. That really is. Yeah. It's so much worse. <laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, you need to stop haunting me, space ghost. Uh, and she's like, I have to watch over you both. And then, uh, and then she tells him to forget about Char because Char is pure. And Amara wakes up. And he's like, Char is pure. What the fuck does that mean? Because <laughs> uh, he's an idiot. Because he doesn't understand anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a call and he's ordered onto the mobile suit deck by Chan, who is outside waiting for him. And he's like, oh, I got to go put on pants. Just hang there for 10 minutes. And so she waits there in 10 minutes. I get this, like, it's a really nice, but also ridiculous montage of her standing there and like leaning against the wall. And then she's like curled up floating, sleeping as he comes out. Uh, and she's like, oh, Aubra, why is he so cold suddenly? It's like he had a vision from a space ghost. <laughs> this montage is really weird because one, it pretends like Chan is the character that matters. Um, and two, it's like really invested in her like waiting for Amro to get ready and it's so sad and so like haunting it's like kind of well done but I'm like wait, much, wait. much like much like the audience we are also waiting for Amro to fucking do anything, <laughs> <in> <laughs> do anything. <laughs> like put on some pants understand that your actions have material consequences and you are the fucking biggest cop in space he will never do that well no apparently he has done that and then decided that he will continue to be the biggest cop in space yes. which is even worse uh 
uh, Quest and Hathaway are doing simulator trading with Astonage. Uh, Quest is surprisingly at home in the mobile suit. Uh, Bright's like, oh, she's got great instincts. Put her in a ship. We're going to use her to be win a war. <laughs> uh, because Bright's always looking for children to win a war for him. Uh, Quest floats out and runs into Amro on the hangar. And she's like, oh, a new type. Uh, and then sees him go towards Chan and is immediately mad that he has a fake girlfriend. Um She's like, I want to be pulled towards a new type, and I guess Amro passes for that round here. Oh, yes. Hathaway, meanwhile, gets out of the simulator. He's like, oh, I shot down two quests. Aren't I great? Aren't I the best pilot in the world? And she's like, that's how many I got, you idiot. <laughs> and floats after him. Yeah. Uh, Hathaway then tells Quest about Amro's great power as they're, like, having snacks on the lake or something. Where is this lake? This is my question. This is, like, the thing where there's a where there's a park in on... Um, the Argama in Zeta, and you're like, where's this part come from? Because they're definitely this, they're in the still Rock on the Rock Halum, yeah. and yeah, there's like a lake here. Because then later they come into the they're not definitely not in the colony there. This is just a no, because they come to the colony later. There's just a lake uh, on the ship. I don't understand <laughs> or a projection of it. Because then she's like, yeah. wow, this one's got real lakes when she sees the colony. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Never mentioned. Uh, anyway, he t- he talks about how Amro from the very first could pilot a Gundam. He got in the Gundam, and the first time he was in, he knew what everything did and was able to defeat a Zeon ship. Never mind that Amro fucking uh, flopped around and accidentally pulled out a tube that destroyed that first Zaku, and also was like anxiously scrolling through the manual the whole time. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Quest is like, oh, is that what a new type is? They can pilot mobile suits really well? Uh, my friend Christina from India told me that new types are actually about, like, an expanded consciousness and awareness of people and emotions through space. And Hathaway's like, oh, yes, I've heard about this. When people went to space, before that, they only used 50% of their brain. And when they went into space, they used 100% of their brain. Uh, and then he talks about how, like, this was used to bridge, like, the gulf that families had in space and brought people close together because of their expanded psychic consciousness, which is categorically not what has happened in Gundam this entire time. This, uh, this movie has a very funny, uh, like, an old person wrote this obsession with the idea of familial units. Yes. And but then Quest is like, oh, is your, fa- your family must be well put together because mine's a fucking shambles. And he's like, yes, my family is great. I have not seen my dad three times my entire life and each time he shows up and has a beer and goes back into space. But we are the best family ever because he's a fucking cop. I mean, at least Hathaway is like, man, my dad pisses me off, though. Yes. Even but he Hathaway. does totally tell Quest that his family is very close. I... <laughs> I saw ZZ Gundam. This is not true. Yeah. Uh, we cut to a beautiful uh, early or late 80s CG shot of the colony. Uh, this is an open colony, which is a new concept where they just have massive windows showing the beautiful stuff inside. Yep. I don't think we've seen these before, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Even though it's like a late 80s CG, CG shot, it is really impressive. I love this shot. It's a great shot. Uh, Shara's shuttle docks into Lindenium with codes provided by the Federation. Uh, Shara's like, oh, I'm really glad these codes worked. And then, like, one of his officials behind him with no sense of humor is like, uh, sir, many Bothans died to bring you those codes. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I know. I'm having a little bit of levity between my 700 meetings. Shut up. <laughs> Please let me make a joke. I'm so tired. <laughs> yes. Shara uh, being surrounded by just complete moron. This is absolutely just... what. 
I didn't think this would exist as a thing, but this is what if Shah was in the West Wing? Like it is yes, hell. absolutely. His, his personal hell has been created yes. for him. And it's what if I was Jimmy Smith's in the West Wing? This is this is literally the thing he was envisioning when he in Zeta. In Zeta yeah. He, yeah, he was like, Oh, I made this speech, now my life's ruined. This is exactly what he was thinking. And I remember about. looking at the episode being like, I don't know, you've been a soldier forever. This just seems like admitting the truth, and now it's been real like, oh okay, I get it, Shah. This is hell. This is your own hell. He's so much more comfortable dropping asteroids on Earth. Yes. Uh, Quest is back on the mobile seat deck, just kind of hanging out, looking at a Gundam. Uh, and then uh, Chan spots her and is like, hey, you're a kid. You're not supposed to be here. Uh, Quest is like, oh, well, what about you? Why are you here? And she's like, uh, I'm the mechanic. She's like, no, adults, they don't understand questions. What's your relationship with Amuro Ray? Uh, and then she's like, oh, my relationship? I'm, I'm his mechanic. And she's like, no, you don't understand. I've studied new types in India, and I've been told that new types are important and are drawn together, and I have an interest in Amuro. And Chan, you're getting in the way. You should get off of the ship. And she's like, uh, excuse me, you're like 14. What are you talking about? Uh, and then she like floats at her to like scold her. Or, uh, Quest floats at Chan to scold her in person and ends up like unmoored in space because she didn't push off hard enough. So she's just kind of floating there. And then Hathaway shows up conveniently to like lasso her back uh, and then scold her for trespassing. Uh, and then she, like, immediately goes to, like, run away from Hathaway. She's like, fuck this nerd. Uh, but then Hathaway is like, oh, the colony out the window. So they look at the colony as it approaches, and they marvel at it. Uh, Quest is like, wow, if people can build a place like this, maybe there is a future and people can evolve. Uh, and she's like, oh, my father knows nothing about colonies, yet he controls them from Earth, and that sucks. And Hathaway is like, you know what? That's exactly what Char believes. And then uh, she's like, yeah, I totally agree with Char then, because this sucks. Uh, everyone on Earth is so self-righteous, and they're so conservative, they think they can dictate to space, but they just get divorced and have mistresses, because this is the only framework she has to understand <laughs> the problems of humanity, because she lives in a mansion. It's really funny. It is so funny that, like, yes, everyone is bad, and the reason things are bad is because people get divorced. <laughs> Well, so the the thing with this, and well, like the reason I think Quest is great is because she understands there's a problem because she's a new type, but she's lived such a sheltered life. She met like three hippies in India once, and she suddenly has like an idea of what the world is, but it's such a like privileged white girl vision of the problems of the world, and she can't even begin to like have like express the ideology she's beginning to feel. Yeah, I like Quest a lot as well. Uh, my main critique of one of my main critiques of this movie uh, and Gundam in general is there should be more Quests in the world. Yes. Yes. Like, if she can do it, why can't everyone? Yeah. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. Yes. The fucking, it's like the beginning of the Matrix. Like, you know something's wrong and you've never been able to name it your entire life or whatever. Like, that's literally what this is. Yeah. No, ideology's real. Yeah. Um, anyway, she's like, oh, then Char must be trying to actually b- wipe out all of the problems of the world and bring out a new generation of humanity that has potential. And the Hathaway is like, yeah, but does he actually have the right to cause a new Ice Age? If he hurts some people trying to liberate billions of people is this bad or not and then these two are just the two sides of the Gundam fandom warring eternally and then Quest is like hmm I don't know if he has the right or not who can say I I haven't thought about this yet it's incredible because this is the entire debate right this is the whole ideological debate is one side is like we should do the thing like one side is like both sides are agreed on the problem, but then you have the side saying, we should do something about it, and it's bad, but I guess it works out in the long run. Well, there's always the people who are like the Federation of the Good Guys. We, I guess we have to like ignore them because they're wrong and they, evil. Okay, they are wrong, but they're also... They're in the fandom, and they're wrong and stupid, uh, but they're also like not... They're not represented here in this dichotomy, yes. right? Like the two- yeah, No, the idea, the idea is, oh, state violence exists, the... the 
Earthlings are like oppressing the space noids. This has happened for literally like 93 years. It is baked into society that there is a huge class dichotomy that also exists on replicated on Earth, and the Federation is doing nothing about it. And Char is doing the one thing he can do because Zeon has lost three separate wars trying to liberate space noids. Yep. Uh, and and instead, uh, Hathaway's idea is well, but some people are going to die, so it's bad. Like this is just Antifa protesting narratives yeah. in the past three years. It's really, I'm like I get it. I get on the face, but like maybe you probably shouldn't drop an asteroid into Earth. They've they've done the work to create three se- seasons of narrative where no, you should actually. <laughs> yeah, I, like the question becomes like. To me, and I, I will get into emails and stuff, but this is where it first comes up in the movie. I guess it's fine to address it. Like, like people talk about, like, I live in the United States, you live in the UK. We live in evil governments that, yes. like, deserve to be overthrown. That overthrowing, that revolution will hurt, will hurt and probably kill a lot of people. Does that mean it is a bad thing to do? Is it okay to accept the status quo because the alternative means a loss of life? I disagree. Uh, yeah, no. Like, history shows us, right, that, like... Any kind of forward change uh, requires, um, requires is the wrong word, but like will inevitably cause uh, harm to people who do not deserve it. But yes. we cannot discount the monumental harm brought by the status quo that is made invisible. That yes. is the whole the thing. The, the thing, that, yes, the thing that people ignore is that the Federation is literally causing all of these material conditions on Earth and in space that cause the suffering of billions of people. Like it is. The economic conditions and the like structural conditions that the Federation have imp- like made in place in uh, Gundam are basically just wiping out space noise left and right and people on Earth. Like they are yeah, living in Earth. Yeah, they, they constantly bang the drum about overpopulation, even though Earth is mostly like deserted at this point because everything has been destroyed. And the people who live on Earth either are Federation officials who live in luxury or people who literally live in like slums and hovels. Uh, yeah, like so. This is like a society that has been portrayed this way that needs something to. Ha- and it, like, you know, one thing. I don't know how much we're going to get into this now. Um, I guess we could revisit this when the movie ends because this is the theme of the movie we're talking about now. Uh, I mean, if that's the stuff, we should talk about it later then. Because I was about to bring up ZZ. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, that's uh, a Amuro, Yes, Amuro talks to Bright about how the first asteroid wasn't enough to cause a nuclear winter, and Char will need to drop a second asteroid. Bright's like, I don't know how that's possible. All the Earth, asteroids around Earth are accounted for it under Federation control. And he's like, oh, that's why he's trying to get the Sweetwater colony, because he could drop that, or I guess. I don't know. They don't seem really clear about what Char's plan is, but they know he has a sneaky plan. Uh, Amro then asks, is that why is Adenauer here to negotiate to get Sweetwater to Xeon? Uh, Amro's like, I can't believe that Char spent all his time in the AUG, uh, and we were on Earth, and we were fighting against the bad guys, and now he just truly hates Earthnoids, and I don't understand it, uh, because he's a fucking clueless child. Um, this di- you are understanding this dialogue. <laughs> yes. Because what Amro goes is like, Char fought with us against the Federation government, uh, the, the the corrupt Federation like government, and he fought, he, he fought with the side of Earth, and now he truly hates the people there. And then Bright goes, yes, I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bright literally is like, yeah, I know. We were there. We, you also know this. Why are you still doing this? Oh. Uh, Bright sees Adnar off, and he's like, "Good luck on your negotiations." And Adnar is like, "Negotiations? What negotiations?" And Bright's like, "Well, why else would you be here in space? You're a fucking Earth official." And he's like, "Look, if unless anyone tells you, you can say it. Don't talk about this ever again." Uh, and then he departs the ship and immediately meets our. Favorite stupid yes, boy, yes. Cameron Bloom. Cameron Bloom, Cameron himself. Yep. <laughs> Cameron Bloom is here. 
uh, him and Quest get in a car. Uh, then Cameron turns and sees a Bright standing on the deck, and he's like, oh, it's Bright. I wonder about Mirai. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long time since I thought about the woman I was uh, engaged to. Uh, Hathaway and Amro and Quest are heading into a colony on an elevator. Uh, Amro wonders about Adenar, and he's like, oh, I can't believe that he's meeting with Shar to negotiate some sort of treaty while we're busy fighting and dying. Uh, and then they re- it reveals the colony and everyone marvels at it. And it's like, oh, lakes and beautiful stuff. Uh, and then uh, Chan. Uh, no, it's Quest with him, right? Yes. Uh, Chan's there too, right? Because she's, Chana, mentioned, this is, she's like, Amra, why are you so cold sometimes? Because then the, this, <laughs> this shot's written. It's like it begins with a really good shot with like um, Quest and uh, Hathaway in the foreground. And then Chan and yes. Amra reflected in the mirror in the background. It's it's an yes. incredible shot. It's like one of my yes. favorite like small moments in the movie. Uh, Adnar and Cameron enter a meeting room in a villa with a bunch of Xeon officials. Cameron's stunned that the Federation will be meeting with Neo Xeon when there's a war on because while he works in the audit office, he's also an idiot. Um, Hathaway gets off the elevator and immediately comes across Bright at an information desk. He's on the phone. He's like, oh, it's for you. Please tell your girlfriend not to bother me about asking you out on a date because apparently Quest paged Bright Noah to ask him to ask his son if he's willing to go out on a date with her. Uh, <laughs> Which is I, the uh, greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I admire Quest's refusal to let the material reality of Gundam get in the way of her like agency as a human being. It is yes. the most important quiet, especially in the like, ex- history of Gundam women. Quest's very existence is this quiet revolution against everything that Gundam has done and stands for. And like, you know, we'll see how this goes for her as a character. But I love Quest. How can you not love Quest? Entire yes. Gundam fandom. <laughs> Uh, so Hathaway picks up the phone, he's like, uh, hello, and it cuts to Quest, like, lounging around in, like, her underwear in, like, the biggest, most opulent hotel room possible. It just lost in translation suddenly. Yep. And she's like, I'm bored. Uh, I'm at the, like, Drake Hotel or whatever. You wanna, you wanna do something? He's like, I'm kind of on like a mission here, I guess. Like my dad's bright. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amro goes up to the information counter. He's like, oh, I have a pickup for Amro Ray, and she's like, Oh, it's charged, and goes picks up Haro, a Haro, the Haro. Who can say? Haro. Never comes up. Uh, there's only one thing that comes up in a second. Uh, in the meeting room with the Federation and Zeon, the, the table littered with like like sculptures of asteroids like there's axis and there's like a bunch of like a ship a- uh, model and stuff uh char comes in from a side door and everyone's like oh it's char i can't believe that the leader of neo zeon's here and then they immediately uh like suck up to him like oh i'm glad you're here sir that means that we know that these negotiations are for real it's the great it's the real deal because you're char you're the greatest oh, yeah, the uh, first fucking much and then they pass him a feder uh a treaty uh and they're, uh, the, the like guy who's with Char is like, is this for real? And they're like, yes, everyone who survived Lhasa is able to sign this, so here you go. Uh, and they are going to sue for peace by giving access to Neo Zeon, uh, and that will be the end of the war. Prevent it before it begins. This is the dumbest thing, because they... It is... Is it common knowledge, or is it just the main characters that know his plan is to make Earth an Ice Age? Or is that just... Shouldn't everyone know that he's going to drop I think, the asteroid? I think that's a. I think that's a thing that Amro has understood. Okay, like Amro and Bright, and but yeah, but Quest talks about it, so Quest knows that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. so. Like, but I think every. I think everyone believes that it was like he didn't intend it. He doesn't actually intend to do it. That he did one. Like they, everyone knows he's going to have to do two, and they, he did one just to like get the Federation at the negotiating table. The Federation's rolled over far less than him dropping oh, an asteroid on Earth. Absolutely. 
rolling over isn't the thing I'm surprised at. It's rolling over and giving oh. him the exact tool no, key that, for the lock that he needs. Well, I mean, he that's his like that he knows. Uh, the thing that surprises me is that everyone thinks that it took it like it would take him dropping an asteroid when Haman Karn literally showed up and be like, "Give me space." I'm like, "Yes, ma'am, space right here <laughs> on a platter for you." <laughs> yep, that's very true. Uh, he just, she did just do that. Amro and Hathaway get in a jeep to go pick up quests from the hotel, and Amro then says that this Haro is a third-generation Haro, implying that there's the 079 Haro, the Zeta Haro, and this Haro. So, last week, we joked about the scenes that would or would not be in this movie, and how yes. what characters would be in there. Oh, will we see Kai again? Will we see these people again? Would they reference Camille? Would they reference Chitou? Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, they might do that. They'll definitely... Like, yeah, they're not going to dedicate time to explaining Haro, though. <laughs> they still have not explained Haro, no, really. No, but they did dedicate a line Haro is mentioned more than Camille ever is yes we have been owned by Gundam yet again um the treaty states that Nia Zeon is going to surrender their entire fleet to Luna 2 and that the Federation will then give Zeon the Axis asteroid base uh by sending it to them on Sweetwater where they are going to be stationed uh Cameron receives multiple briefcases full of gold uh as payment for this, the Neo-Zeon forces insist uh, that they handle the fleet handover themselves uh, because when the fleet is all retired, all of their soldiers are going to need jobs. And so they want the Federation to give them jobs uh, on Luna 2. The Federation officials are like, oh, yeah, we can just give them positions in the military. It'll be fine. We'll give everyone jobs. Uh, and then they're like, also, the Axis nuclear engines are ready to go. You can just move that thing wherever you want. <laughs> uh, change your Perhaps really quick. Into Earth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It cuts to Char looking out a window back in his suit outside yes. of his cape uh, yes. as they drive away. And he's like, oh, these people suck. I, if the Londo Bell knew what I was up to, they would be furious because they'd know exactly what my plan is. <laughs> and then he puts on sunglasses and goes, Amuro, I'm doing something extremely <laughs> wicked. Okay, that is the dub uh, vocalization yes. there. He literally goes, I'm doing something extremely wicked. <laughs> it's very funny. So I watched I watched this uh, subbed as I do all the Gundam before. When I was taking notes, I took a chance to... I, uh, took the opportunity to listen to the dub and this line delivered that way is extremely funny because <laughs> in the in this like original voice acting it comes up as like Amro I'm doing something like really fucked up let us have one more chance to maybe talk about things um yep. uh, and you know instead maybe- <laughs> he's like daring fate to have Amro raid dis- like descend upon him and understand his intentions and there, dare to stop him there is a common fan reading that Shara is self-sabotaging throughout this entire movie which I think is fundamentally untrue and misunderstands what Shara is uh but I, I, I think I, I think I, that there I think there's a degree to it. I don't think it's like I don't think he's fully. I think that he's arrogant enough to think that he can make yes. Amro the rival he craves, like someone who is on his level, and then still beat him. And unfortunately, he cannot. Yeah, I don't think it's self. I, I don't. People say that he wants to lose, and not that this is another just his Achilles heel. Yeah, I, um, I don't think it's. I don't think he wants to lose. I think he's arrogant and fragile. Yeah, no, he's just, we'll get into that. We'll get into Shah's character as we end the yes. movie. Um, <laughs> he, anyway, he calls out to Amro to feel his presence because he's like, oh, I know you're here. Please feel me. And we'll go and try to <laughs> talk this out and try to stop it. Amro, I'm doing something extremely wicked. Please feel me. <laughs> I'm doing something extremely wicked. Please feel me, Amro. <laughs> what will the shippers think? <laughs> Uh, anyway, he walks out of the room, and there's like seven politicians sitting in chairs waiting for him, and they all stand up and they're like, "Oh, Sig Zeon," uh, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, Sig Zeon, fuck off. I'm time. To, I'm trying to leave here." Uh, I wish this was an entire season of just this. 
Yes. Uh, Amro and Hathaway have picked up quests and are joyriding just in the, like, uh, along the colony. Uh, and then they see a swan, or Quest goes, Oh, it's a swan. And Amro's like, A swan from my dream. And just, like, immediately starts off roading following the swan, uh, which guides them towards a forest. And then as they pull up alongside the forest, Char emerges from the forest on a horse. And Amro's like, Char! Uh, and cannot believe that he has been brought by this swan to Shar himself. Uh, Shar sees Amro and is like, oh, my, like, whoever's with him, he's like, go get Gune, I'm gonna need him. Uh, and then he rides off, Amro chases after him, he's like, why are you here, Shar? And Shar is like, unlike you, I'm more than just a pilot, I've got shit to do. <laughs> uh, he does at that. <laughs> Amro's like, why are you dropping asteroids? Uh, Quest is just amazed by this beautiful man on this horse galloping along, sparring with Amro. Uh, Shar's like, people of Earth don't deserve it, and everyone should be freed from Earth's gravity. Uh, Quest's like, captured Earth's gravity. Is this what's going on? Is that why Earth sucks so much? Uh, These are Amuro, the themes of the show. They have been delivered yes. to me. <laughs> Amro uh, decides that his response to that is not to argue, but to leap out of the Jeep to tackle Shar off of the horse. And the two roll around in the grass, punching each other. It's ridiculous. Uh, Shar's like, or Amro's like, you don't understand. Human wisdom could solve all the problems of the Earth. And Shar's like, well, if that's the case, go grant them your wisdom and fucking rule them and stop this endless oppression of my people. And Amro's like, yeah, I'll do that as soon as I fucking shoot you and pulls a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe the most petulant, stupid thing Amro's ever done. Just proving that he sucks. He literally, like, Shar's like, literally, if the if wisdom would solve these problems, please go give them that wisdom yes, that you no, think no, you believe I, in. And I he's mean, like, I'll do that as soon as I fucking end you. And pulls a gun. Yes, Amro's wrong here. But I also like that Amro's just like, no, I'm going to kill you because I think you're wrong. I think that the, the uh, difference between Amro and Shar where Amro would but just... Amro's, Amro's literal point is that killing people doesn't solve problems. Talking it out does. And then he pulls a gun. Yes, I'm not saying he's right. I'm not defending him. I'm talking about the like difference between Shah and Amro. Like Shah needs Amro to be his rival. Amro doesn't care at this point. He's just a cop. Yes, uh, and I like that dichotomy there because like Amro's yes, not. But really Amro th- literally being two faced as he's like, my ideology is that violence is wrong. As he's pulling a gun, is literally everything wrong with like Gundam? fucking oppressive cultures. Like the yes, fucking, but like America, yeah, like like his the whole UK, deal, Bell. Western civilization. Yep. It's right there. It's right there in this one moment. Yes. Uh, Quest saves the day by running up and chopping the gun out of Amuro's hand and then grabbing it and points it at Amuro. Uh, Shar stops her and he's like, oh, should we go? At, like very like charismatically to her as a mobile suit shows up piloted by Gune. Uh, this is the Hobby Heizik, which is just a Heizik painted Gundam colors. It's ridiculous. It's the most gaudy, awful thing I've ever seen. I love it a lot. I, I was not prepared for the Hobby Heizik. Yes, uh, and Gune's piloting it in, like, like goggles. He, like, he looks like he's, like, out on, like, a fancy, like, old-timey bicycle with a giant front wheel. <laughs> uh, it's and he, fucking Gune. Yes, he picks them both up, and they are off, and Quest is with Shar now, leaving Amron Hathaway behind. Uh, we cut to Cameron meeting with Bright. He asks after Mirai. Uh, oh, Bright comes in. He's like, when someone from the audit, audit office asked for me, I assumed it'd be you because you're the only person I know who's an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then he's like, how's Mirai doing? And Bright's like, I haven't seen her for six months. I don't know. She's on Earth, probably. 
And Cameron's like, oh, I, I have to talk to you. I'm, I'm not authorized to do it, but you have to understand. Char Aznabel is here, and he made an agreement to get access. And uh, Bright doesn't believe any. He's like, what? How could this be possible? And he's like, I don't. Mr. Adnar is here, and I don't trust him because I think this all sucks. And Bright's like, oh, yeah, it clearly does suck. But they all come to the wrong conclusion about this, why it sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been discussing um, in the Discord about the role of Cameron Bloom in this shit. I think that Cameron Bloom is like a misguided hero. He uh, just ha- I think I think he's doing I don't I don't know if hero's the right word. Yeah, I think he's right doing word. a thing I understand and it is like the right thing to him. It just happens to be enabling the fucking disillusion of all hope. He doesn't realize that he's going from the door of one cops into the other cops, but he is like witnessing the cowardice and uh, just absolute abject awfulness of the Federation government yes. and going, I need to do something. He he's, just, he's, the done, he's doing the first brave Noah. thing he's ever done. And yeah, it's going to bright Noah. <laughs> uh, but I blame bright more than I blame uh, Cameron oh, for what's about to happen. Absolutely. Like bright, like Cameron doesn't understand the dynamics yes. at play here. Bright does. And bright, bright does. still chooses still to be fucking it. bright Noah. <laughs> Yes. Bright Noah, who only end, like left the Titans when they literally almost murdered him in a room. And then he like just sat around as... Uh, and then, yeah, then he signed right back up to the Federation. But like he was mad. The, the worst part is he was mad at them as it was happening. He's like, this is wrong to do this, but who am I to imagine a better world, I guess? Yeah, I'm just a captain of a starship. I'll keep doing that. Are you going to put a better bridge on it this time? Sign me the fuck up. Uh... Char then is talking to Quest as they get dropped off in a dock. She's like, what are you going to do? We're going back into space. Uh, so you want to like, you want me to take you back to the hotel? And she's like, oh, I was on the Rock Haloon, but there's a lady there who's really cramping my style. I'd rather hang out with a cool guy like you. And Char's like, well, whatever. The more the merrier. And so she gets on the shuttle and they are headed back to Zeon. Yeah. Uh, Adnar is getting back on a ship and then as he's like climbing the staircase onto the ship like a grappling hook lands on the ship next to the stairs and Bright grapples up because now they have cool grappling hooks like they're Batman to get around in space which is my favorite thing in this movie <laughs> how has it taken them 93 years to understand that this could be helpful <laughs> yes um, he goes up to Adnar he's like what the hell are you doing you're giving access to Char that's like the worst thing you could do and Adnar's like no we really need the money for our welfare programs and then Bright's like what welfare programs <laughs> he does not ask that because that would make him intelligent he doesn't uh, and then he's like oh we had to, we need the money and Char threatened to wipe out the colonies and Bright's like Char's not going to touch the colonies he would not hurt other space noids that's literally his whole deal is that he believes that the space noids should be left alone uh, this must be some sort of plan and he's like well if it's a plan I don't know about it so I'm just going to leave uh bright's like well at least let me have like use the lawn nobel to oversee the exchange of the fleet and make sure that it's not a trap adnar's like yeah sure go and do that whatever you can go watch the fleet it'll be fine uh <laughs> we cut to quest and Gune in the hobby Isaac. she is being run through piloting it uh she quickly acclimates the ship and on uh the shuttle char is amazed at her ability to pilot as they head for the musaka his flagship uh, she buzzes the bridge of the flagship, showing off with poses. Uh, and Gune's like, please don't do that. People already hate me because I'm a cyber noon type. And like, I don't really need the trouble that you're going to cause by like putting a target on my back. She's like, don't worry. If anyone comes at you for being a cyber noon type, I will stop them. Uh, because she's 14 and the entire world is her oyster. She sure is. Uh, back on the flagship now, Char is at, like, she's like floating in the air and Char's just like looking out a window being pensive. And he's like, why did you join my side so quickly? And she's like, oh, I heard your words about souls held down by gravity. And it really spoke to me because Earth sucks. I've been there my entire life and it's terrible. And I didn't understand what that meant until you gave me ideology. 
Uh, and she's like, now that I've understood, I feel like the people who know this stuff are really sad because, or really tragic because now we know that the earth sucks and there's nothing we can do about it. And Char's like, I believe in something. I think we can solve this. Uh, and then Quest tells them about the swan. And she's like, when I saw a swan, Amuro yelled and act really strangely. Uh, and he's like, how do you feel about betraying your friends? She's like, Amuro? Amuro's not a friend. Those people aren't friends. They're just a bunch of cops my dad left me with. It's like, I literally just hang out with them for a day. I don't know. I don't care. I'm a 14-year-old yes. girl. I live. I have my personal freedom. Yes. <laughs> uh, on Lindenium, Hathaway is like at a junkyard testing out a med, which is a small construction mobile suit. And he's talking about how, like, oh, I'm going to use this to get a job out here repairing spacesuits to survive. Do you want to lease me this suit for... And the guy's like, oh, do you want the five-year lease? And he's like, yes, I do, as he comedy crashes it into some junk. Uh, maybe this guy should ask a child, like, for some paperwork before he leases a mobile suit to him. Are you definitely going to be around to give me money in five years? That's what half, half my flash is about. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> this guy repo comes man comes to get interest <laughs> off of this loan from Hathaway. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I would write it about. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Char, let's see. Uh, Nanai talks about how Quest is clearly a natural new type. Uh, Quest is training in one of the Yakdogas. She's just in like an actual four cosplay. Like she's wearing four's purple shirt. Yep. Uh, and she's able to use funnels on the Octoga just by thinking about it, directing them to attack with zero training. They're amazed, and Char's like, oh, it's just like her in the very capital H her way. Uh, <laughs> because Char always be thinking about Lala. He do be doing that. <laughs> uh, so we cut to Char and, his com- and all of his, like, retinue on a train. Where is this? This is my question. I don't know where this is. What? Back on- they are back on Sweetwater. Okay. Uh, I, that was just, I didn't realize where this was. Like, when I was writing these notes, I was like, where is this taking place? Because I um, think this happens, because we're close to the scene where he's, like, talks about sweet, there's a big shot of sweet water. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes, that is coming. Okay, so yes. I think, I, um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's my assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, an old lady passes a rose along to him, and then she sigzions, and, and then everyone on the train sings an amazing song about how Char fights for all their prayers. Char is fighting for our prayers. As the train drives through the colony, uh, it's absolutely incredible. Char, like, stoically watches it all and then disembarks and salutes them all. Uh, and he, it's great. He gets this amazing, like, Soviet impromptu anthem played for him. Yes. And I think that we all have to admit that the best part is that it makes sure to show that the accordion backing is diegetic. Yes. <laughs> there's totally a guy with, like, a little squeeze box in the back of the crowd playing. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Uh in the car afterwards, Quest is like, oh, you weren't joking around about being a leader of Zeon. <laughs> As if she went with him but didn't believe that he was actually Char Astabel. <laughs> this is a really funny line because everyone in the fandom reads it a completely different way. <laughs> That's just what I read it as. They read it as like, oh, just Char, this is proof that Char doesn't really, he's using Zeon for his Amro revenge. No. No. He believes in this. He's always believed in this. He's never not believed in this. And then she's like, are you actually going to destroy the Earth? And he's like, no, my plan was never to destroy the Earth. Who told you that? I'm just going to give it a long rest by getting all the people off of it. Uh, and she's like, hmm, okay. And then he's like, did the training give you headaches? Because he is genuinely concerned because everyone who goes through new type training ends up dead. It's a reasonable concern. Should be fine. Uh, yep. Uh, he's let off at his house and he's like, ah, oh, Gune, good night. Uh, Quest, make sure tomorrow that you're ready because it's no long. This isn't no field trip. This is the real deal. And then Quest's like, "I'm ready, sir." Uh, and then he kisses her hand gallantly, and Quest is very smitten by this. Uh, and then he heads inside. Yep. 
Uh, at home, Shar is relaxing with Nanai, who lives with him, I guess. Uh, they are clearly a couple. Uh, she's like, oh, are you really sure about this plan to drop an asteroid on Earth? This is like the most evil thing anyone's ever done, like, on paper. You better be real sure if you're going to do this. And Char's like, look, it's the most extreme plan, but it's the only thing we can do. We have to drive humanity in space and force the new type evolution, even if it means I take on all the evils of history, because uh, Code Geass also has never invented anything. <laughs> I mean, fucking Kiriko did this like before this movie. Yes. This is a, already a trope at this point. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, Nanai's like, are you sure this isn't all just to get back at Amro because she's also the voice of the fandom? And he's like, no, no. The other stuff I'm about to do is getting back at Amro. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's like, Amro believes stupidly that compassion's the real power of a new type. <laughs> and uh, he's, she's like, a woman could forgive this, but you as the leader of Zeon cannot forgive this. You this can't is... just let him be the fucking voice of liberalism if you're going to succeed on in getting people off of Earth. This is the most seen I've ever been by Gundam. Because I've always felt a bit bad for the fact that I kind of like Amro, despite the fact that I like, hate everything he stands for at this point. But because yeah. I'm like, I, I remember when you were just the boy who wants to be friends with everyone. Turns out when you don't anchor that with ideology, that can become the most monstrous thing. But I still like yes. like that he's the nice boy. And then she's like, yeah, Amro's an idiot who has been anchored to the worst shit and all the thing. But you need to stop focusing on him and get the shit done. Yes. Uh, Which is basically uh, my Char, position. Yes. Shar then reflects about Lala and there's this amazing flashback oh, sequence of Lala being killed at the end of Double 79. And it just looks amazing. Yeah. It's it's just, hey, look, it's Shah. It's young Shah. Look at him. Um, he laments to himself that he's been working all this time without all his guidance, how it would have been much easier to achieve a future where new types could be in space if he had someone who could, like, read people's emotions. Because Shar Aznabel did not know that a woman was into him as she was throwing herself at him enough that she had to become a fascist. <laughs> uh, look... Yeah. Shah doesn't know what emotions are. He has ideology. Yeah, no, he's he like, oh, I really wish I really wish the empath I was hanging with did not get murdered by my rival because it'd make it a lot easier to like be a leader. Yeah. Uh, which is fair. Honestly, yeah, I I, I sat through Zeta. Shah Aznabel has never understood an emotion in his life. That's why that's why I struggle connecting with him. Uh Nanai then like leans over him suggestively and is like, You you know that people who are too similar always end up hating each other, but the hate and love are very close together. Is she is she a Shar Amro shipper? Is that what's happening here? Um a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um uh Shar then looks up at her and he's like, That's why I'm counting on you. In the most like stoic I am a leader voice as she's clearly trying to be flirty and then he stands up and she's like oh what about quests and she's like oh she doesn't need any augmentation she'll be great in battle and she clearly was not asking the question about that she was questioning his interest in this girl who's shown up because she also believes the stupid rumors going around well because no, she's like being rebuffed by him she's like maybe he likes quests as if Shar is capable of understanding any anything about this, this yeah, is his deal. yeah she's like literally flirting and then he's like I'm counting on you and then what about quest quest is going to be great in battle she's very special and then uh he walks away and goes to bed uh and she throws a glass she's like so mad that he has not answered any of her questions because he doesn't understand emotions he literally had a flashback i don't understand emotions and then fails to understand emotions. <laughs> this is legitimately one of my like top three scenes of the movie here i think um i think it's like some of the best adults talking about stuff in an adult way that Gundam has ever done. Uh, I, re I really like the scene with them later in the movie. That's, I like, that's more... Yeah, I mean, I like all of it. I like Nanai a lot. I like the way that she interacts with Shah. I like the way that her, like, um... 
she mixes like genuine compassion for Shah with genuine support of like what he believes in and also this weird tension about I would like you to be a human around me sometimes yes uh, it feels very real and really good uh, we cut to Gune uh, talking shit about Shard of Quests. Uh, he's like, oh, you don't understand. The war is just Shard's getting way, way of getting back at Amuro because he's hated Amuro for 14 years. Uh, I became a cyber new type to keep people like Shard in check to make sure he doesn't destroy the colonies. And uh, Quest is just like eating a meal and is not interested in any of this. And he's like, oh, do you want to like go down, go out sometime? We can, I could take you to dinner. It'll be great. <laughs> Freud and she's like, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm interested in the captain fuck off <laughs> which only enrages him further um this is great because he's basically also espousing a big fan position but i can't believe anyone would ever think to agree with this guy <laughs> yeah bright bright the person who barely understands anything knows that char would never like attack a colony <laughs> yep and here's gune like i became a monster to prove that to make sure char could never destroy a colony gune you're an idiot Yes. Uh, on Earth, we see Mariah's apartment, which is just a fucking shithole. <laughs> just a nightmare shithole. Her husband is the captain of the Rock Halloom. He's won three wars for Earth. Like, whether he won them or not, it's whatever. They believe that he won three wars for them. She lives in a shithole, can't get off the planet. Like, and not just Earth that. Sucks. She's independently wealthy and is like, yes. a named family. Like, she is part of the Yashima family. That was a big plot point in, uh, yes. in the original Gundam. Like, these two things should collide to the most... Pl- Why isn't she living in the house from the start of the movie? Because Earth fucking sucks. Uh, well, that's the thing. is I can't tell if this is Earth fucking sucks or if Mirai should actually be part of the privileged class. Uh, the thing the thing that this said to me was that even people like... Like, Bright is literally the person who believes that if everyone just does their best, then one day they'll all live in the mansions, right? Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Yes. And that even, like, Mirai's level of fame in the double seven... Like, the, like, gulf between the people who are wealthy and the people who are not has in- increased so much that, like, even someone with Mirai's means just lives in a fucking, like, slum in Hong Kong. And it's just completely at the whims of whatever war is going on at any yes. time. Like, utterly no security net for any of these people that they claim to care about. Yeah. They're, they're touted welfare programs that they're yeah, going to use the Zeon Gold to pay for. Programs. Yeah. Middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Um... Mariah talks about there's no shuttles and that, oh, there's a supposedly a peace treaty on the table. I don't know. She doesn't trust the idea that Shara will give up. Uh, doesn't trust that the earth knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. And then I wrote the thing about her living in a slum. Yep. That all happens. That all Uh, happens. Shara then gives a speech about Sweetwater to the people of Sweetwater. Uh, it is a colony that's like, was a, they welded half of a closed cylinder to an open cylinder to house refugees of the war. They just were like, oh, we'll put them all here. And he's like, this is the perfect symbol of the Federation's opinion about us space noids. Uh, my father, Zeon Daikun, only wanted independence of the space noids, but his father was killed by the zombies. We all know how that went. They fucked up the war so bad that we have lost for 15 years almost and allowed the Earth government to just run roughshod over us. That included them allowing fascists to rise in their ranks and take over their military and oppress us even more while they did nothing. They and they left. Haman came up. She didn't have ideology. She sucks. Uh, and she has made all all of space a land of refugees who just wait for scraps falling from the government that does not care about them. I cannot uh, imagine hearing this and not thinking that the, uh, the asteroid should immediately drop. Uh, Quest, we cut to Quest who goes, yeah, I knew all that because <laughs> Quest has also watched Gundam. But I actually, like, rewatching this, I, when I first watched it, I'm like, man, I love Quest. She's great. But rewatching, I'm like, no, it matters that we have an enumeration of the ills that have befallen the people of Gundam. 
Well, yeah. No, I mean, this is the, the point of this scene isn't just the scene. It is the yes. hard cut from Mirai living in these exact circumstances on Earth, but without kind of any kind of like uh, ideological center to lead towards even the hope for a better future. Just there's like a yes. stagnance to like and a apathy to her existence that is really tragic that Shah is like, fighting against an ev- with every five ever's being uh, yes. and that hard cut is so important because the people on earth are also this they're not not oppressed by the earth federation yeah like you know yeah they should be freed Shara's gonna free them all yeah I mean Shara's ideal plan is to get them all into space so they can live free and evolve into new types right like he wants to save them too it just is going to mean sacrificing some of them but it's not like he didn't also sacrifice a bunch of his people to get there he'd much rather they all have left at their own value but we just yes. watched a series where all of the progress just faded into nothing yeah uh, uh, Shar says he must prevent further war and thus his plan is to drop axes on Earth and end all wars by wiping out the whole idea of humans living on Earth for generations. That's uh, not everyone claps. Yeah, we get a full like rousing applause from people standing on all sorts of planes of gravity. It's very cool. Uh, and then Shar's like, I will push to create a new government of the refugees for the refugees and I will be able to join with my father and everyone cheers. And I'm like, does that mean he just knows that he's going to die in the, doing this plan? Like he's fine with it? I feel like the one thing I do believe of this movie is that Shar envisions this future without him in it. Whether that means he dies or whether that means he goes and marries Nanai and like lives, uh, he, like might as well be death being married to this lady. I mean, <laughs> in I, his eyes, not necessarily mine, but I think Shah understands that it is necessary to do the big like evil thing to move human for- forward. It is also necessary for the person who does that to have no say in what happens next. Like yes. everyone challenges him why he ha- doesn't understand what happens next, but he's like, "No, that's not me. That's not my job, and never should be." Yeah, I want to finally give people a choice, and then they can make the choice. It's not mine to make. Yeah, and uh, getting emotional about Shah. I mean, here. that's literally what he said in the it's, theater it, scene at the end of the theater. Scene. Yeah, no. Um. Uh. Zeon inflates a bunch of dummy ships to head for Luna 2 to make a gesture towards disarmament uh, while the rest of his fleet attacks uh, and is going to steal the nuclear stores that are stored on Luna 2. Um, and he's going to attach those nukes to the Axis asteroid to further contaminate the Earth radiation to prevent humans from uh, remaining. Even if they want to like live through nuclear winter, they can't because of radiation everywhere. Um yeah. Because he, he probably rightfully believes that human like that people on Earth would rather live through nuclear winter than go into the space people that they have oppressed for a hundred years. Yep. Fools. Um, they are truly yes. attached to Earth gravity. Yep. I mean, that's the world we live in, right? Yep. Uh, Adnar asks about the nuclear weapons on uh, one of the Federation ships, and he's like, oh, are we going to be able like... I don't even, I'm not even sure. Is he asking... Oh, I, I wrote this down, actually. This is my read on this. Uh, he wonders whether or not the Londo Bell is pushing for war, uh, if there is one, because he's like, oh, the Luna 2 has all these nukes. We could just wipe out Char's fleet. Maybe Bright's just worried, and he wants to continue the war because he doesn't think he's going to have anything to do after this. This is entirely how I read his read on Bright here. It, it absolutely is. Because they, yep. they're like, why have the fascists, like wing of our government we created wanting to do more fascism? And I'm like, you morons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they see the fleet, the Xeon fleet coming and like, how many are there? Did they bring every ship? And the guy's like, oh, yes, sir. Every ship is here. In fact, there's one extra. And then there's like, oh, Char is so honest. He even gave us the ship that's off the books. What a good guy. <laughs> uh, and then the captain of the ship turns to him. He's like, uh, what about all these soldiers that we promised we'd give jobs to? Do we have like the means to do that? Like things kind of suck on earth already. And Adnar's like, oh, don't worry about it. Earth's always looking for people to clean the beaches. And then as he like turns away, even the captain almost hits him. He's so furious. <laughs> he's yeah, 
the oh god this movie makes it so clear that every one of the people on the side of like the federation of the bad guys in this movie right but it yes. also makes it clear that all of the bad guys are being like materially and emotionally and in every way hurt by the existence of their own side yes <laughs> like oh, fucking this adna sucks so much we cut back to Cameron Bloom doing his best to be heroic in the face of great danger as he hands over, like, 15 nukes to Bright under the table. He took them from an ancient stock. He's like, they're old, but they'll get the job done. And I want you to use them to stop Char. And then Bright's like, you understand that this is treason. He's like, yes, I'll probably go to jail the rest of my life if there's a government left to put me in jail. But I want to make sure Mariah's okay. Uh, and Bright's like, I understand. We understand each other. We both care about Mariah. And I'm like, no, you don't, Bright. You absolutely do not care about Mariah. Do not lie to me. You have the understanding of what caring means, but you've never expressed it. Yeah. Look, Hayana didn't tell Frau about yes. cats, so Gundam's understanding of how a relationship with women works is not good. No. Uh, Amro's like, oh, the fleet heading to Luna 2 must be some sort of trick. Uh, we cut to Quest uh, training in uh, the Yakdoga. She is outpacing Gune in trial flights. She's already better than their ace pilot, so everyone's very impressed. As she un, uh, docks back in the hangar, she hears Resin giving Gune crap for being a cyber new type. Uh, Quest flies up to defend him, as she promised to do, and she's like, ignore all these normal people. They don't matter. And then Resin's like, oh, yeah, it's normal people. We're the ones who are winning this war. We don't need your special new type psychic bullshit here, and flies off with all her cool friends. Um, and this scene's amazing because Shar has just like made all these grand speeches about how like this yes. division exists on earth and we need to combat it and give people a better like tomorrow, but he's so future sighted. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I think that's one of the reasons Char works, but his inability to see the same divisions forming even on his own flagship is very good. Uh, yeah, I like the scene a lot. I like the way that it, like... A lot of people talk about how Shar is wrong, right? But it's usually in the context of always wrong to fight the Federation, which is fundamentally untrue. It's not true. It's not true in any read of the show. Uh, yes. The part that is more interesting is that um, Shar doesn't see because he's so focused on this like thing he has to do, uh, you know, th these things forming and doesn't have a plan for how to deal with them. Like, yep. we just see the same conflict happening again right here under his nose and he's too busy, you know, working on his stuff. Uh, and the way that stuff plays out is very interesting. We don't have enough time for it because it's a two-hour movie. It's like one scene. Yes. Uh, uh, the flagship brings in a new mobile suit called the Alpha Izero, which is a big fuck-off mobile suit with no legs and giant boosters because it's space. You don't need legs. Thank you, Gundam, for remembering this. You do not need legs. Astanje's invisible cousin worked on this. <laughs> uh, Adnar launches a survey group of mobile suits uh, to go check out the Xeon fleet coming to Luna 2. Uh, that's when Xeon begins a surprise attack, firing on the mobile suits they fly past and launching a barrage of missiles and their own mobile suits at Luna 2. Adnar is stunned that Xeon would defy the treaty because he's a giant dumbass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Resin and Gune and Quest all launch into battle. Gune is doing his best to protect Quest, uh, but that's putting them both in danger until she just gets annoyed and begins shooting down mobile suits herself. Uh, she then senses a ship hiding on the other side of the asteroid and goes and flies to take, on, take it on herself and races towards it and like fires on the bridge and blows up the entire ship. Uh, it turns out that that's the ship that her father was on. And so she has just killed her father. Uh, but does not notice for a while. Like she, she's busy glowing. She's like, "Oh, I got a whole ship," and then gets an arm shot off. And then Gune comes up and is like, "Don't worry, that's not going to blow up your suit. You're fine." And then she's like sitting there, and the like 
adrenaline's wearing off and then suddenly she's like, oh, I feel like I did something really wrong and is like pulling at her collar and feeling very upset as Gune has to take over, taking on a bunch of the mobile suits surrounding them. Yep. Uh, poor quest. Poor quest. Uh, Nanai on the bridge is really impressed at how easily this plan went off. She's like, oh, that was, that went exactly how I hoped it would <laughs> for once. <laughs> uh, Bright is leaving Hathaway on uh, with Cameron on Lindenium as like Hathaway is like crying in the background. He's like, oh, the Raikaloom is going off to, into battle. Uh, and then Hathaway gets in his like med that he leased that nobody asks questions about. Uh, and he ducks, ducks down into like a vent and is like, oh, my crying act really did the trick as he then boards the Raikaloom uh, without any authorization. He's like, I'm really glad I learned how to sneak onto my dad's ship uh, as he gets aboard. So he's going with them. Yeah. We need a boy to get in a robot at some point. On the Rakaloom, Amro is testing new funnels for the new Gundam. Uh, they are like weird, big, like fin funnels. Yeah, there was some fun. disagreement in our Discord uh, among our uh, Dylan and Camille and others, you know, the nor- normal regular that talk about Gundam with us, Come about out. whether these count as normal funnels because they're something different. Um, they have well, generators the, the, on them. Yeah, the difference is that, like, individual units that are bigger and have yes. actual generators, uh, they're yes, Apparently they're the similar to what the Elmeth had back in the day, and not like the normal bits, like the funnels we see. And I, I can see that they are a different mechanism, but yes. they're funnels. They call them funnels, yeah. they're funnels, that's what they are. We're gonna call them funnels. Uh, he's like, oh, we're gonna go to... Uh, we're going to go to access before the Luna 2 fleet. I don't understand. Char wouldn't uh, like time this wrong where we would get there before his fleet. And then he's like, the, the fleet at Luna 2 must be dummy ships. He wouldn't send his entire fleet there. Uh, that must mean most of his forces are already at Axis. Uh, we cut to the fleet at Axis already there, just like Amro said, destroying all the Federation placements. Um, mobile suits scramble to scout out the asteroid that has now been evacuated by force. Uh, Nanai at the Luna 2 fleet worries that the Londo Bell might get to Axis before she does. Uh, and then she's like, oh, we won't have the nukes there to help defend us. Uh, and then Quest comes on the bridge, just like walking around. She's like, oh, I'm just, you know, walking. She's like, why aren't you? We're in battle. Why aren't you in the mobile suit hangar? She's like, I'm just looking around. That's what I do. And then Nanai does the thing that every captain does and hits her for disobeying orders. And then Quest is very upset because the first time anyone has chastised her seriously for anything she's ever done in her entire life. Yep. I think uh, her father let the... her run around with hippies and bite his mistress and did not care. <laughs> yeah, I think this is like the first time uh, in Gundam that I feel like the slap scene has actually worked, like on a level beyond. Oh, I guess they're just slapping them. I mean, I feel like the time Camille got the fucking shit beat out of him by Mr. Wong okay, worked that, that one for well. a definition of worked. Uh, but like this one, like feels very sad as uh, yes. we literally see Shah's two women that he's using because he can't like connect to them emotionally because he's too you know that's just not his deal uh and we just see the like sad ramifications of that um yes it it, it was very good it was a very good scene uh we come back to earth mirai is stuck in traffic trying to leave hong kong and is worried about hathaway in the background a man like runs out of a building firing a gun into the building and then the building explodes because it's just children and men on earth like earth is the most fucked place in all of space yeah like this is a disaster place remember when we were talking about zeta gundam and we're like why does this why have they just made fake france in space and everyone's on a lake and stuff this movie is so much more concerned presumably for budgetary reasons that it can like spend money on really giving detail to locations and background scenes uh and it chooses to do that by expressing the just downtrodden awfulness of the places uh under the federation's influence just sapped of all their joy in life 
we cut to Hathaway, clearly meant to be sympathetic, where he's like hiding in his med on the rock halloom, like cold and sad. But he like because he's like huddled up in a blanket with Haro, like, oh, this is this is not the adventure I counted on. But also Hathaway sucks, so I do not feel sorry for him. I at some point he will be the brilliant Hathaway of the Flash, and he's gonna be the most biggest cop that's ever copped. The part where Gundam does all this incredible stuff and then it still really wants you to feel bad for the cop children. <laughs> yes. Uh, on the Rock Halloum, we find out that Kara and Asnaz are in a relationship as they like flirt around the Gundam. She's like, oh, with that Gundam, I could win the war myself. And Asnaz is like, oh, I don't want, I'm worried about you out there. Mocking them both for death. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, one of the uh, Jagan like green mobile suits from Luna Two uh, comes in and tells Londo Bell about the attack and that the nukes have all been stolen. Uh, Bright laments that nobody in space is willing to help them and that they're on their own. Uh, Idiot. Quest in space. Uh, Quest gets in a mobile suit and launches on her own. Gune tries to stop her. Uh, he's like, don't you understand? And I got her position because she's close to Char. You can't go talk to Char about this because he'll tell you the truth. And the, 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 it, this is all just a misunderstanding because you're a child and I'm trying to manipulate you. But she launches anyway to go look for Char to get answers as to what not, why Nanai would possibly be so mean to her where she's, when she's not supposed to be in the middle of a battle. Yep. Uh, Lana Bell is headed for Axis. Uh... Let's see. Hathaway is on in in the like mobile suit hangar and gets spotted as his Haro like loses his grip and floats out and Kara runs into it and Kara and Amor are like Hathaway, what are you supposed to be? What are you doing here? Uh, Kara heads out in the first wave into battle. Amro takes Hathaway to the bridge where he's told to wait. Uh, Char launches the Sazabi as he launches. Like I can't believe Londo Bell is not here yet. I assume that they get here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they launch to defend the asteroid while the nuclear engines fire up. Uh, Char then senses something strange about the missile barrage coming uh, from the Londo Bell as it finally arrives. He sends out his funnels and realizes that in the entire missile barrage, one of each wave is a nuclear warhead and commends Bright for his good thinking in 14 years of trying to think of strategies in battle. <laughs> <laughs> the part where the nukes come out is like, this is the first time you've done anything smart, Bright. <laughs> yes. It's really funny. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Bright slaps the shit out of Hathaway, uh, and then he's like, your mom and sister would be ashamed if they knew you're out here getting, risking your life for nothing other than you wanted to be on the cool ship. Um, Hathaway unfortunately does not, does not reply, what's that different to what you were doing? Yes, no, he does not. <laughs> uh, Amro, though, however, tries to vouch for him, and he's like, oh, you understand, he's just doing this for Quest, uh, and Hathaway's like, yeah, Quest, I'm gonna bring her back. Uh, Amro's like, you don't understand, Char's using Quest. She's a new type, clearly, because I can sense that, and I didn't want anything to do with it, but Char's willing to use people to win the war, and he's gonna push her to take greater and greater risks until she dies. And Hathaway's like, oh, I have to go out and save her then. I've learned to pilot a mobile suit, I've been in a med, I've leased one for <laughs> for five years. <laughs> Dad, I need my allowance boosted, please! And then Amro's like, you know, you don't understand, you can't take greater and greater risks. Also, that'd be the same as what Char is doing to Quest, even though it's not, whatever. And that Amro's also <laughs> gone out of his way to save multiple doomed women to success or not many many times um the sequel to cats it's just a mess uh amro's ability to like try to speak up but also refusal to take any responsibility for anyone's actions or his own is <laughs> amro's just a fucking coward that's the actual answer here i mean yeah uh, it sucks anyway kara launches uh there's this great scene here where you see like on the rock Halloom, there's like tires strapped to the side of the ship. Like there's just like a real good like lo-fi detail to stuff. Like mm -hmm. this is something I'd expect out of like Cowboy Bebop. Like oh, we just yes. put a bunch of big tires here to help protect the ship. It's good. It's good luck. 
um, Asnage, as she's departing, is like, oh, when you get back, I'll make your favorite salad. In the dub, this is pasta, which is also funny, uh, but not quite as funny as salad. Because <laughs> the idea that someone has a favorite salad... Uh, I, I assume this is probably Gundam's weird, dumb gender writing again, but also it's ridiculous that Asanache cares a lot about making his girlfriend's favorite salad. Can't believe Asanache had to do it. He had to go get a girlfriend. This can't work yep. out for him. No, she launches in the Regz, which is still around for a little bit. Um, Char's team flies up above the missile barrage and he begins to try to suss out the nukes. Uh, the engines of Axis fire and he turns and says, maybe my favorite line in the entire movie <laughs> Time to go, Axis. Take your dreadful memories with you. And there's this beautiful shot of the asteroid, like, with the engines firing towards the camera, like, flying to Earth with Earth frame behind it. Yep. And just, like, the physical representation of, like, the ghettoization of people in, like, capitalist oppressive societies being driven directly into the Earth. The fucking the picture of Gundam. It's everything I love. It is. Yeah. This is what needs to happen. Yes, we are going to throw inequality at the people who are rich and destroy them all. Hooray! Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the rest of the movie's about to happen, so... Oh, no! What could happen now? You know, if this was just the end of the movie, I'd be the happiest person in the world. I'd be here to tell you that Gundam is the greatest thing ever made. I've well, never been happier in my life. Because it would literally be the story of uh, Londo Bell failing at literally every time to do anything, understand anything, and getting owned by everyone. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Hathaway is put in a room for his own safety. Uh, he notices that Chan has a strange T-shaped device on her, which is the psychoframe sample that she asked that to be sent to her from the moon uh, that they used to develop the new Gundam. She's running tests on it, whatever. Uh, Gune heads out looking for Quest. Uh, Nanai heads out with her fleet to engage Londo Bell. Quest heads for Axis and immediately spots Char in his Sazabi. Uh, Amuro launches with his Gundam, loaded with funnels as like a weird like wing construction. I So... I don't like the new Gundam. I think it's bad. I really like the asymmetrical look of, like, the new Gundam with the wing on it. Yeah, I like the funnels. Uh, I wish they were attached to a better-looking Gundam. Yes. Um, yes. But... By by removing so much of the Gundam's, like, color profile and, like, lines, it just looks... It looks super generic and plain. It, yeah, it's a... I know this is a Gundam that's, like, very popular, um, but I, I don't like the new Gundam at all. Yeah. I, like, I'll take the goddamn Gundam and the Zeta Gundam over this any day. Yep. Both of them. Even I, the Gundam Mark II, I think I would prefer. I understand that, like, what it is doing is trying to lean harder into Titan's aesthetics, right? Yes. Uh, but I feel like at this stage of the game, removing the America robot aesthetics is, a, like, it's a bad call. That's the wrong call. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's better than, I, I think it's better than Double Zeta, especially in this configuration, but mm -hmm. not by much. Yeah. Um, I just really don't like the Double Zeta. Yep. Um Resin launches into battle like she just gives someone shit like I just like the scene because she's like I'm heading out and they're like oh you're gonna just go do whatever you do anyway go ahead like the little guys in like the outpost on the side of the <laughs> ship yeah. uh, Gune chases after quests as he tries to stop her from getting to Char but then he realizes there's a battle on and he's like oh I gotta go do the thing uh, and quest makes it to the Sazabi. Uh, Quest immediately gets on the comm and complains about Nanai slapping her and then she's like Char I need to talk to you in person and then launches herself out of the mobile suit into space with no normal suit on into Char's cockpit and he's like you don't have a suit what did you just do uh, because she's like that sometimes she has her personal freedom <laughs> yes uh, she's like uh, I need you to promise that you're going to make this right I was slapped I can't believe it and he's like oh, I can't believe that this girl has so many weird emotions truly she is a natural new type <laughs> uh, yep. 
uh, all the suits engage in battle. One of the Zeon, there's this one shot that I just noted because it's funny of one of the Zeon suits thinks that he's running into a dummy asteroid and it's a real one. And he's like, <laughs> oh, it was real. And then gets shot and destroyed. It's incredibly funny. That's cats. Uh, Gune goes directly after the Gundam because of course he does. Uh, on the ship, uh, Hathaway hears Sean, uh, Chan getting stuff done. He's like, oh, Chan, she's great. I love her, uh, which is very funny <laughs> given what's about to happen. Uh, she gets onto a gunner station to take over. And as she gets in the gunner station, the psycho frame piece that she has resonates strangely. And it gives her predictive powers as she's able to Luke Skywalker all the TIE fighters and also destroys resin in that barrage. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, resin. Yeah, a lot of people about to die very suddenly with no notice of the movie. Uh, Resin, bottom of the list. Always always interesting who is the least important, and it's Resin. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, On the Sazabi, Shar holds Quest and watches her react to the battle as she feels the souls of the dead flow into her. The ghost parade is here, finally, once again. Oh, I love the ghost parade. I love it when the ghost parade comes to save space again. Uh, Hathaway is able to sense her out there in battle. Uh, Gune goes to fight uh, Kara. And then he just like fucks up the regz. It's a lot. Like he just like cuts pieces off of it. it there's no chance. Uh, which is, I mean, I guess this is just uh, because uh, Kyra was uh, Resin's rival position does, and now yes. she has moved like the one level up on the Gundam rankings. Because in every yeah. other scene, Gina is the like the bottom of the pole, but in this one instance, here he has found someone below him. <laughs> Well, yeah, his pl- he calls it a fake Gundam, and his plan is to use her dead in space to lure in the real Gundam. Uh, she floats out in person because her escape pod is disabled, so she's literally like floating towards Amuro as he shows up. And then Gune grabs her physically with the hand of his gun or his mobile suit and threatens threatens to crush her if if Amuro doesn't surrender. Um, he's like, "I'm gonna get the new Gundam, and then I'm gonna be able to fight Char and kill him and win Quest's hand." Uh, because He's cyber new types always be unstable. They do be doing uh, that. It's interesting to me that like every cyber new type that we've seen so far has been like a woman who has like a weird affection for a man and it's like a bad gender politics. But the minute you invert it, it turns into the most toxic. I'm going to kill the most alpha male and then win all the women. Yeah. And it, like, I guess it reveals that this is like a neutral form they invented, but in both things it is not neutral because it's very loaded and they play into the loaded imagery and like plots in the show uh, yes. so like i don't think the defense of this is just what cyber noodles are holds water no 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 i think it's i think it's bad writing yeah. generally especially since so many of them are women that fucking big brother and then they die uh yep uh it's it's a real shame Amro is like, all right, I'll surrender. And he's like, drop all your weapons. And so Amro drops his like rifle and then detaches the funnels. But Gune is like, oh, those radiator plates, they're not a threat because he does not know what they are. His team like launch a bunch of energy whips onto Amro and then go to shock him. And when Amro is like injured by those, the funnels react instinctively to his powers and defend him by firing on those mobile suits. And Gyone is like, oh, you're resisting. So he crushes Kara and throws her out into space. And Amro is left to catch her lifeless body and bring her back to the rock Haloom. Rip Kara. Rip Kara. <laughs> uh, Ding. <laughs> yes. Uh, Quest feels all of this and is overwhelmed, saying that she has to get rid of all of the enemies to stop this fighting so she doesn't have to feel this anymore. Uh, Char's marveling that she's able to sense the entire battlefield naturally. 
Uh, Astonage is bringing in damaged Jagans when he gets the word about Kayra and comes into the main hangar to see her lying there. Armor's like, no, you don't want to go look. But he does go and look and he cradles his dead girlfriend. Armor's like, this is my fault. The funnels were too sensitive and they operated on their, with like, just with my instinct. And this is, I, she's dead because of me. And then he turns to Shar. Uh, then he's like, it's also Shar's fault for doing this in the first place. She wouldn't be dead if I wasn't fighting in this stupid war. I'm willing to die to stop Shar. Doesn't, and however. It's like, don't be like this, Amro. And Amro's like, no, it do be like this. <laughs> Doesn't, however, take it the next step further, right? He goes, that's oh, my Which fault. is like, it's oh, other. this, war, this whole Federation's war has fault. caused so much. Yes. Uh, then uh, behind him, Astonashi's like, oh, I'll never be able to make your favorite <laughs> salad ever again. Not the salad. <laughs> yes. Uh, Char on the battleship is like, oh, it's sad that we don't have any time to test the Alpha Zero before battle. And then I was like, well, why don't you put your special little girlfriend in it? Uh, and then the two, and then, uh, Char's like, oh, right, about that. And she's like, oh, did Quest come to talk to you? He's like, yeah, of course Quest came to talk to me. I don't really care, but you need to, like, be nice. Please, like, I need her. She's very important as a combat unit. And then I was like, you don't understand. Like, Yune is, like, totally destabilized. He's insane in jealousy, and he's going to want to kill you. And uh, I think we should send them both out to the front. So maybe they'll both get killed, or maybe they'll be good in battle. Either way, we'll get something accomplished. And he's like, all right, I'll put her in the Alpha Zero and send her out to die if you lay off of her. Uh, and I was like, okay, it's fine. I Like, I get it. I understand. I'm sorry I was jealous. I just want you to admit that you love me. And she hugs him. And she's like, I understand that this is really hard for you. It must be very tiring being Castle Von Daikum again. And he rests against her chest. And it's like a, a moment where they have a conversation and they come to an agreement with each other. And it's an understanding because two adults talk for literally two minutes. It's, it's all I've ever wanted from Gundam. All, yeah, no, these two characters, like, I, the relationship between these char two characters is everything I want from Gundam. It's two characters having problems that aren't resolved by one of them dying. <laughs> yeah, they literally just have a conversation about their feelings. They reach a compromise that they're both happy with. Yes, they're both going to use uh, Gune and Quest, but also they're in the middle of a war and Char's willing to use anyone for anything. Um, it's good. And, I like it. Yeah, and the way it like adds up on top of each other of like Char being like, no, you can't let your emotions run, like ruin my, my fucking plan. You have to like remember the plan here. We have a plan. And then also the knife functioning basically as Shah's emotional intelligence to help him use people better, but they're also doing this knowing what, like, I don't know, there's multiple levels to the scene. It works very well. I like these two as a team for Neo Zeon. Yep. Uh, Guni heads in uh, to the mobile suit hangar. He sees Quest arguing with people. She's like, I'm going to go in the Alpha Zero, and no one believes that she is being allowed to be put in the giant experimental mobile suit. He grabs Quest to drag her away and talk to her, and she's like, why is everyone always being mean to me? Uh, which is great. Why has no one ever called me the way that I want? Why has um, no one ever called me the way that I want? And he's like, how did meeting the captain go? Uh, you know he's with Nanai right now. And Quest is like, I don't, I'm don't. i not worried about that. Char held me in his arms. And that means he must totally love me. He's only going to see her when he works. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Uh, he promised me that he'd take, take care of things. And I read that to mean that he's going to dump her for me. Uh, <laughs> Gune then brags about how cool he is to try to get her to forget about Char. He's like, oh... Uh, you have to understand, he keeps Nanai by as like a weird front because he's actually obsessed with this young mobile suit pilot named Lala. And she was killed during the one year war. And there's rumors that Char is a thing for young girls. Uh, you have to understand, you should be with me, the adult who very much wants to get with you, this 14 year old girl, and ignore that adult man that you clearly have an infatuation for. 
Quest takes us the wrong way, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to show Char that I can replace Nai and Lala in his life. And then she hits Gune and flies away, and Gune's like, oh, this entire war was started because Lala chose Auro, and Char's never forgotten it. And Quest is like, you're stupid. I hate you, and literally flies off like a child. <laughs> uh, incredible power move to be like, you should trust this guy. He's definitely a pedophile. You should get with me. Like, yes. hang on, hang like, on. I mean, it's it's like peak groomer move, right? Like, yeah. he's literally just trying very hard to get in this little girl's pants. <sighs> Gino sucks so much. One of the things, like, this is probably, the, one of the things that's most baffling about all of the fandom reads that we have looked at with this movie is that people buy into Gune's, I like, fucking absolute obvious lie that Char's like some weird pedophile. Un- yeah. Like, I do not understand how you ever get to that read. It has been very clear forever that... Charles' thing is not that he's like into young girls; it's that he's traumatized by Lala and that he doesn't really understand emotion because he's a, like been fighting a war all his life. And he's just willing to use people, like just like he did with Camille, just like he did with Requa, just like he did with Lala. Honestly, like remember when he was like, "Oh, she's my little sister," or whatever. Yeah, no, he was absolutely using Gala. I don't know. Um, we'll, okay, we'd finish this movie because we're now in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Uh, the Federation has a plan to destroy the thrusters on Axis and then blow up Axis itself. Uh, if they can't do that with the nukes they have on board, they'll have to go inside Axis and use uh, bombs on the inside to split it apart. Uh, Char asks to everyone what if he told them. No, is this Char? Someone, I, I might have been uh, writing really fast here. There's someone who literally asks, what if the war could be over tomorrow and this we're I'm dying thi- for? I, I remember this as Char. So okay. we might be all right. right. If somebody if we're wrong, someone can will tell us. It There's might even of- be on the other side. It might be literally like it's worth all the sacrifice. It, like it could be bright, and I'd believe it. Like everyone at this point is all on their bullshit. Anyway, what uh, if the war could be over tomorrow? <laughs> yes, uh, Chan gets a letter from Mister October, who we have not mentioned, but he's the guy on the moon who was helping them build the new Gundam. That the psycho frame technology apparently was given to them by Neo Zeon. She's like, why would the enemy give us the technology we're using to win the war? That's crazy. Like, th- it's made the new Gundam unstoppable. Amuro comes in <laughs> and she's like, oh, the psycho frames capable of resonating with your uh, new type power and becoming something incredible. It'll be a miracle what it's capable of. And Amuro's like, no, I'm not interested in the weird psycho frame. You and me built the funnels together. It's our fake child. That'll be enough to win the war for us. Ron Howe advice. Yes. <laughs> you, you can just hear the space ghost leaving the station. <laughs> yes. On Earth, Mariah is stuck in endless evacuation traffic. Uh, she gets out to see what's going on, and there's like a destroyed road and a turned over car. And there's literally people setting up like tents outside, like campfires that they're sitting around. Um, Shaman looks up and notices Axis flying across the setting sun, and Mariah realizes her suspicions about Char were real. Yep. Everyone is uh, about to get hit with an asteroid. Amuro heads off the new Gundam. Uh, Chan's like, oh, I hope you'll survive, Amuro. Uh, Hathaway is let onto the bridge to observe what's going on as long as he does two things, not interfere, and do not go on the battle bridge. Uh, then they hand him a will to fill out, and he's like, oh, I'll include a lock of hair for your mom for you. for Which is like the amount that sh- like Bright has normalized getting children almost killed in this universe is incredible he literally has a man whose job is to go up and make these children fill out a will remember when he was introduced in a scene with Temre being like thanks to the gundam we won't have to bring children into war anymore yes uh they hear that other federation fleets are finally mobilizing they also hear that uh, fleets from sides two and five are coming out and no one knows for sure what side those fleets will be on when they arrive uh we'll talk about that when we get there yeah we sure will 
uh, Quest meets with Char and asks about, she's like, am I just substitute for Lala? And then Char's like, please step with me into the other room because there's a bunch <laughs> of people just like gobsmacked you and come on to the, into this like control room and ask him that. Uh, <laughs> How does anyone hate Quest? I don't understand it. She's like a fucking bullet in the stoicness of Gundam. She's like, you, yes. talk about the themes right now. <laughs> uh, she's like, I love you, Char. And he's like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> she's like, no, you don't understand. I'll do anything for you. I will die for you. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll forget about Lala and Anai if you get in the Alpha Zero and go into battle for me. <laughs> and she's like, great. And then she hugs him and promises that she will do anything to protect him. If you can cast anything in Char Aznabel in this movie, uh, like an evil thing he's done, it's that he's willing to sacrifice other people's lives to achieve his goals. I'm not necessarily I would call that evil. It's like a little, it's a little like inhumane, but these are inhumane times and Char's trying to get a fucking revolution done. Uh, but this for me is like absolutely the bullet in all this bullshit chars into little girls thing. I hate it that people read that into this movie. Um, yeah, it's this. It's the final line. He literally, basically, like lets her talk herself into killing herself for him because that's <laughs> and be much like this e- would be good for the war because it's so much easier than like having to grapple with her as a, like an emotional human being he has to yes. like, deal with. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Hathaway. Oh, go ahead. I also like this. That is a big critique level to Char, and I would like level that at him. I think that's like what is interesting about his character. He's also about to drop an asteroid on the Earth. I don't think there's fundamentally any difference between talking a young girl into killing herself yeah. and dropping an asteroid on the Earth. Like people dying regardless, people getting yeah. used regardless. Tools are being living people are being turned into tools to ensure the outcome of the future that is required. That is always. I mean, I feel like position. there's this like weird bent that like Char's whole quest is not worthy if he is not like the good guy in every frame like every framework of this story and that that's just not you can't be a revolutionary well, I, and like I, I, not harm people, we have to probably. hold this off to the end of the movie because this is what this is what the movie ends up being about yes <laughs> so we'll talk about this uh anyway hathaway turns over the will he also apparently wrote out something for bright and the guy's like oh you wrote something out for your father good job uh bright's like if you get scared you can just go to my room and then he descends the battle bridge <laughs> <laughs> leaving the, the child unaccompanied on the ship never has yeah. this situation gone bad before uh char meets with gune uh as like gune is flying to the most hangar he's like uh just a word for a second what the <laughs> fuck were you filling quest's head with yeah. uh he, he's like your job is to go out there and protect her in battle i'm sending her out in the office zero i want her return to me she's a good pilot all i care about are neo zeon and defeating amuro and that's it and he, like, uh, Gune is just like, Gosnack. he's like, also about Nanai, she's really nice. I like her a lot. Stop spreading rumors. Uh, Gune gets in his mobile suit and he's like, well, I'll figure out if that's true when I get back from the war. On the bridge, Nanai uh, turns to Shard. She's like, well, uh, Quest is totally in sync with the Alpha Zero to the point you might not even need to get in a mobile suit. Uh, as they launch, Gune immediately tries to be like, Quest, be serious, there's a war on, but she is not interested in listening to him. Uh, she engages with Amuro, and the two new types immediately send each other, and she heads for him, despite Gune's concerns, that this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's a very bad idea. Um, Amuro is a way better pilot. He's like, oh, this is not a new new type. All I feel from her is like a weird, or all I hear from this sense is like a weird playfulness. Uh, he shoots down her funnels and flies past her. She's engaged by a bunch of Jagans. Gune is confused as to why she's uh, so flighty in battle, and he decides to take on the new gun himself. Amro deploys his funnels and uh, deflects Gune easily. Uh, Gune calls Quest to him. 
Amro takes on a bunch of Xeon grunts. Uh, the two begin a second attack, and then Amro uses the funnels to create like a weird pyramid barrier around him, which is great. It's a cool barrier. Uh, he then talks, tries to talk Quest down because now Quest is full of murderous intent because she's seen Amro kill a bunch of people and is not happy. Um, Guinea doesn't know how to deal with these new funnels. Hathaway senses Quest's anger and he's like, I have to do something. She's out there fighting and being mad. Um, and I'm pretty, okay, that's this. There's a bit where Guinea dies literally in like a fucking one second cutaway thing. <laughs> so I need to make sure I catch it. Yep. Um, Chan also decides to go out and help, and she's like, I'm going to go out in the re-GZ, that's my mobile suit. But it's, like, literally in Pete, like, it's just a torso and an arm at this point. And yeah. Austin's like, you can't go out in that, we've repaired the engine a little bit, but it, it's, it's not ready. And she's like, no, I have to go out. And then she launches, and her launch, like, causes an explosion because the thing's fucking unstable, and it blows up most of the hangar and kills Astonage. Fuck. He's never going to make pasta for anyone. No. No more salads. Asnage, the one, the one Federation person I most wanted to survive all of this fucking murder because of fucking Chan. So let's t- talk about our Asnage headcanon real quick. Asnage yeah. doesn't give a fuck. He like understands the ideology is bad, but you got to eat. He fixes the mobile suits. That's all he does every Saturday. Yes. He meets up with his friend, uh, with his cousin on the Z inside, uh, yes. who was the, the guy the who Mister told... <laughs> Space. You don't need legs, guy. Yeah, the guy who told Shah that you don't need legs for the Zeong, and they have a good cup of coffee and they go back to their jobs. <laughs> Yeah, they they send all the, they send like a bit of their wages both home to their mother who lives on an unaffiliated side. <laughs> yep. This is the Astonage truth. Yep. Uh Shar decides that it's probably time to actually launch and get into battle. Hathaway gets into a Jagan and heads out uh for quests to try to talk her down. Uh Amro then kills Gune. That's literally all that happens. Uh Goodbye. Quest goes, Oh, Gune, did he get you? And that's it. We never mention him again. <laughs> He's gone. Uh, Poof. Uh, the the Rakelum is under attack, and the Ra Chutter shows up and just gets destroyed defending it, using it as a shield. Um, that's all. Let's just mention there's other ships here. Shar's uh, flagship goes into battle. Shar uh, launches to take care of Bright's last nukes. Uh, Chan senses Hathaway and uh, Amro, and she heads out for all the new type senses. Shar's uh, like, oh, so many new types clashing out here in battle. Uh, Bright orders the Ra Kalum landed on Axis because all of the nukes have been destroyed uh, to manually detonate it. Hathaway finds quests. He lands, uh, like, he literally like, grabs onto her mobile suit because it's much bigger than his and tries to talk her down. Uh, Chan heads right after him. Uh, Quest senses her and fires, but the psycho frame um, deflects all the blasts because that thing is really intense. Uh Hathaway's like, oh, Quest, this is why you don't have friends. You just shoot people. And Quest is like, I'm I'm totally happy to destroy a creepy earthling like you, uh, which is the truest thing she's ever said. Uh, he's like, oh, you don't understand. As soon as you see my face, you'll get rid of your brainwashing. And she's like, what brainwashing? And she's <laughs> like, uh, Hathaway, Quest, does, Quest might not have brainwashing. She might just be dangerous. Uh, Quest then wheels on Chan, blaming her. Uh, she's like, I could have stayed with Amro. He was a nice guy. And now I'm in this weird situation with Shar, who clearly might just be using me. I'm not sure it's a mess. Uh, Chan is baffled by this whole accusation that it's her fault that she's not with Amro because she talked to her twice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This, the, I'm not a big fan of this stuff. Yes. Uh, Hathaway grabs onto uh, Quest's suit. Quest throws him aside. Uh, and then Chan fires on them. Uh, and... Uh, Quest gets in the way of the missile, and then she is destroyed. That's it. Quest is dead. Goodbye, Quest. It happens with one shot. 
Uh, Hathaway's like, oh, Quest, no. And then sees that it was Chan who did it and immediately fires on her. He's like, grownups and their willingness to destroy the Earth this is all your fault and fucking kills Chan. Uh, because she had a psycho frame piece on her, it, the explosion radiates a strange green energy and the psycho frame tumbles through space. Yes, it does. And good job, uh, Hathaway, I guess. Hathaway fucking just immediately fucking wheeling on Chan and killing her. I don't like Chan very much. I think she sucks, but man, this is bad. <laughs> Uh, the fact that Hathaway is such a petulant and stupid cop child that he has managed to make, like, taking out a pretty important Federation suit not a heroic thing. Amazing! Yes. <laughs> Absolutely incredible stuff. I don't know how you did this, Hathaway. Uh, the Federation launches uh, all of its mobile suits towards access. Like, this is the other, the extra fleet that's coming. They're like, even if, even if you don't have fuel to get back, just keep going. We need you to help. We'll come pick you up after the battle. Uh... We cut back to Mirai, driving through the wastes of Earth. Uh, India awakes to a strange light from Axis and the battle overhead. We see Christine from India, who's Quest's friend, one of the uh, hippies meditating on the beach. Uh, Nanai gets a strange headache and knows that Londo Bell is coming. Uh, Londo Bell lands on Axis and everyone goes inside in the little mobile suit uh, things, which is great. Uh, Shar and Amaro fight alongside Axis. Amaro, using his funnels, try to get the drop on Shar, but only barely... Uh, Char is impressed by how much better Amuro is with funnels. Uh, then Amuro spots a Xeon ship loaded with the nukes slashed to the asteroid. Uh, Char is like, I can't let you do that, Amuro, and launches funnels to try to stop him. Uh, but Amuro's new Gundam and the funnels that he built are way better than Char's, and the nukes are destroyed, are getting destroyed, and he's like, why are you willing to protect the people on Earth? They're just infesting the planet. Inside, Bright's team struggle with the debris as the ship goes up in, like, the front of Axis just erupts in nuclear light, and inside a bunch of rocks fall. And everyone's like, oh, this makes our job much harder. Shar <laughs> uh, sees one of the thrusters has been cut off uh, or destroyed on Axis, and he's like, oh, this, that's the last one you'll get, Amro. And radiate psychic energy. He cuts down a bunch of Federation forces. This is the part where I noticed that now the beam sabers literally just have lightsaber noises attached to them. Oh, yeah, they've been having the whole movie. The movie's sound effects are a bit strange. Yeah, uh, it's just very weird. Uh, The psycho frame sample is like flying around battling and Amro feels it and senses that uh, Chan is in there warning him that Char is coming uh, and he arrives in the 2D battle once again. Um, Char says Amro must remember the pain of Lala's death. Amro's like, oh, you're pathetic. Shara's uh, like, well, you're a waste of talent. And both of them re- decide that the other one has betrayed all of their ideals that they've ever stood for. Uh, <laughs> Only one of them is right. <laughs> Inside Axis, the Londo Bell ships plant the last of the bombs and head out. Uh, we see that the ships have these really cute Londo Bell logos that's like an L with a bell on it. I like that a lot. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's good, good fascist aesthetics. Look, I like it. It's cute. I don't know. I mean, what are you uh, talking about? We both leave. like the Gundam. Like, I'm not, I'm yes. not making fun of you. <laughs> as they leave, Amro and Shar enter the asteroid on foot, uh, thinking that these people are still in there planting bombs. Amro is hiding. Um, Shar thinks Amro himself is going in to plant things. Plus, he's like, oh, you're here to blow up Axis, Amro. Uh, Amro thinks Bright's still inside uh, and goes to meet up with them. But the inside's deserted. Amro uses, like, a bazooka to try to trick Shar. Uh, Shar does not fall for it. Then Amro comes on the radio that he left for Shar and has this incredibly long diatribe. In short, he talks about how intellectuals dream of a better world, but then they're pushed to extremism because uh, reality is forced upon them. Uh, and then if they do achieve a revolution, their desire for a new world fades into mediocrity uh, because everyone drags it everything down into the mud. So the revolutionaries have to retreat from society that they've promised to help build. Uh, and 
he has no point other than I guess this is why revolution is bad because eventually people will be apathetic again. I mean, but, <sighs> this is a weird line because I'm like, I, it was obviously like, I'm not, it's a bad line, right? Uh, I think it makes sense in the context of we just watched this happen. Like, this happened. This literally is what happened to the yes. Egg. And yes. Shah left. And But, like, the response to that is very obvious, which is, like, I've not run away. I've come here to drop an asteroid, you moron. Yes. <laughs> like, like the, half of it is right, but the part where Shah didn't leave and is actually taking the good action. <laughs> which, I mean, this is literally, like, Shah literally says, you're working for the exact people you are, like, complaining yeah. about right now. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, yeah, like, we have to finish the movie because this is the stuff that this is where I start. Yes. To, the movie starts to really lose me. Uh, the two have a firefight. Amro flees back to Gundam, and then Shaw realizes that the Rakhelum team is already gone. Uh, back in the mobile suit, the two clash and score hits on each other with their beam sabers. Uh, Shar is getting overpowered by the new Gundam and is really surprised. He's like, "Amro, you're foiling all of my plans." Uh, <laughs> On the Raikaloom, Bright orders the detonation to occur, and so the asteroid begins to split apart. Uh, Amro and Shar fly alongside the explosions, which is very cool. Uh, Shar gets a call to retreat from Nanai and refuses, just as Amro destroys the Sasabi by, like, fucking planting it into the ground. And uh, it's very good. And the this escape fight pod is flies so off. cool. This fight is so cool. The like way it starts out with them in the suits doing like shooting each other, and then they have like a fight outside, and then they find them with the sabers, and then the sabers are gone, and they're just it's just a brawl. I, yes. I like the like the link from this to when they were literally fighting each other on the grass. Yes. Uh, uh, so yeah. the escape pod flies off, but then Amro catches it, and Shara's like, "It's too late, Amro." Uh, and they realize everyone realizes that the back half of Axis is going to hit Earth regardless. Uh, it's already too far down into the gravity well, and Shara is one. Uh, we cut to space. Hathaway survived. He's being buffeted by asteroids. He'll be fine. That's though. literally all we see of him till the end. Uh, Shar laughs at Amuro and claims his victory. Amuro then radiates uh, new type energy and heads to the front of the Axis piece, and he's like, I can stop it. Uh, and he does like the whole Superman holding up the big thing thing. Uh, and then he's like, I have patience, Shar. I can wait for humanity to learn and grow. Uh, and he fucking spikes Shar's escape pod into the rock, which is very good. <laughs> it's incredibly cool. Amaro he's like, if just... I'm going to hold this thing up, you're going to wait here with me. <laughs> it doesn't have any right to be as cool as it is. Amaro, where'd you yes. pull this one from? But him shoving Shar's like, ball into the asteroid thing. You wait, sit there while I hold up this asteroid from hitting Earth. Uh, meanwhile, Nanai on the flagship feels a sense of dread. Uh, Bright sends yeah. out a psychic plea for Amro, unsure where he is. He's like, I hope you're not on Axis right now, which he's not, technically. Uh, <laughs> Axis is on him. Shar <laughs> uh, admits to Amro that he gave the psycho frame data to the Federation to try to make sure that Shar had a worthy adversary. Amro is stunned at Shar's arrogance in the face of his life. He's like, you're you're literally trying to like shape the future and you're busy worrying about this shit, uh, which is the one time in this entire movie Amro is right about anything. That's true. That's that is true. That's like uh, the, him and Nanai. Yes. Nanai then senses that Char is losing his life energy. Um, the Federation fleet show up from the other side of Earth and decide to join the conflict. All the Federation mobile suits gather around Amro at the front of Axis trying to push away the asteroid. Uh, Bright's like, why would they help now at the last moment? Is this have something to do with the psycho frame? Uh, the rest of the suits don't stand a chance. And Amro is yelling at them to all fall back. because He's like, he doesn't want them to get killed. Uh, then the worst thing in this movie happens and all the Xeon suits suddenly decide that dropping the asteroid's a bad plan and decide to help too, to help push up Axis and divert it from the Earth. Yes. Uh, I don't know why this, ha literally there's no reason for this to happen. They knew the plan, they liked the plan, and now in the 11th hour they suddenly think it's a bad idea? 
uh, we will end the movie. We no more interjections. Yes. We're gonna end the movie. Then we're gonna have another hour of fucking discussion. You're right. It's gonna be a four hour podcast. Charlemagne uh, said his plan is supposedly foolproof as he's watching it all fall apart around him. Uh, the Zeon soldiers say they all want to save the Earth, and I groan audibly writing this. <laughs> uh, the other suits begin exploding, uh, but each one that explodes goes to fuel the giant ghost aura that is forming around the Psycho Gundam as its frame begins to resonate and it swarms with more and more energy. Uh, Shara says this sorrow will continue over and over until it consumes the earth. If he fails today, humans will eventually have to confront what they are and what they've done and atone for their sins. He's like, Amro, why can't you realize that if you avert this disaster now, there will just be a greater disaster ahead. Uh, all of the suits fall away as it's just the Gundam radiating a vast psychic energy. Uh, Shar wonders uh, that there's so much human will concentrated here as the psycho frame begins to overload and he's like I feel all this energy but it's not afraid it's a warm energy and that surprises me uh, he's like I can't believe humans still feel all this warmth when they're trying to destroy the world and Amro's like no this is why I believe in people because I feel this warmth even when they fail and try to destroy the world uh, Shar's like well if you're so compassionate and understand human worth so much why did you send Quest away why did you send her to me where I had to use her for my war effort Amro's like it's not my fault I'm not a machine I didn't want to be a father figure to Quest you remember real Torchica I left her on earth to die <laughs> and he does not he say does that not that's the that. that. <laughs> he does say he doesn't want to be a father figure to Quest <laughs> he does uh, not say that He's like, is that why you want, why you're willing to use her? Because she was my cast off. And Char's like, he's like, oh, is that what she wanted a father figure? Uh, because he does not know how people work and does not know what emotions are. He's like, oh, that's why I was so annoyed with her because she was just like me because I've always been looking for a parent parental figure. I thought it'd be Lala and it's your fault, Amro. How could you judge me when you're the person who takes Lala away from me? Amro stunt. What, what, okay, oh, you, what if you got rid of? Yes. Amro is stunned. He's like a, a mother figure, and he did not realize that this was Shara's emotional state. And in this moment, where the two finally understand each other a little bit, the psycho frame overloads, and the ghost prey turns into a massive light curtain as everything explodes into green light, and Axis is pushed aside by the ghost wave. Yes. The space ghost is here to save the day again. I have Hooray. one more paragraph. Uh, Nanai realizes that they have died and cries for their, her captain. Bright looks on in surprise as he sees the green curtain. The psycho frame sample emerges from the explosion and radiates a warm light of the will of humanity across space and into the orbit of Earth. On Earth, people look up in the sky and see the massive rainbow curtain. From comfortable cottages in Europe to the fields of Africa to Hathaway in space surviving this whole mess. To Mariah and Chaman in the desert in China changing a tire. To Quest's friends hiking in the mountains in India. The end, a very good song plays. That's it. Shar has counterattacked. We are done with early UC. We did it. We made it to the end of the movie. That only took about as long as it takes to watch the movie. Uh, it took me twice as long as the movie to write it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bet it did. That was an adventure. Do we want to have a break and then come back to talk about the movie? That That sounds good. That sounds good.
Uh, you know, after all that, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm let's, tired. let's 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 uh, let's take a break before we talk about the themes and get really into the weeds or whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, look, if you've listened this far, you know what we feel about this movie. Probably, uh, we did. I did a lot of editorializing, as I do when I write these. But let's rank our mobile suits, which is the fun thing we get to do every time we finish something. Yes, and there are ten unique mobile the, suits in this movie, or uh, unique in, introduced in this movie. I guess I'm yes. sure they will all appear in Unicorn. Uh, probably not all of them. Not all of them. Some I of hope. Them. I hope at least one of them. Uh, I would like to see some of them again. I don't want to see the Regi Z ever again, but you know. No. Uh, <laughs> would you like to go from the bottom up? Bottom up. Number ten, the Med. Uh, number ten, the Zuck. It sure zucks. <laughs> it does suck. Uh, number nine, the New Gundam. Uh, number nine, the Regi Z. Uh, number eight, the Zuck. As I believe a, a wise person once said, it, it sucks. Uh, number eight, the med. <laughs> these, these, these bottom halves are going to be similar. Uh, yeah. Number seven, the Jagan. Uh Number seven, the Giradoga. This is our uh, fake Zaku. <laughs> yes. A disagreement, as I will always stand for any fake Zaku you give me. Yeah. Um, number six, the Regi-Z. Uh, number six, the New Gundam. All but one of our top fives are the same. (laughs) Uh, Number five, the Jack Doga. Uh, Number five, the Jagan. Number four, the Hobby Isaac. Number four, the Yacht Doga. Oh, the Yagdaga? I just called it the Jagdaga. I don't know. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XII where the same term exists as the Yagd. Number three, the Giradoga. Number three, the Hobby Isaac. What a weird suit. It's it's a cool suit. I wish like, it did it's just, more. Like a Isaac just painted Gundam colors is like the most upsetting thing that's ever existed. It's it's good. It's good. Yes. Yeah, there's something really gaudy and ostentatious about it that I love. It really exposes the Gundam as also the most gaudy and ostentatious thing, which kind of yes. covers it up with its sleek design. But no, yes. look, imagine painting your super nuke robot like that. Yes. <laughs> imagine it. Imagine the arrogance. Uh, number two, the Alpha Zero. Number two, the Sazabi. Number one, the Sazabi. <laughs> Number one, the Alpha Zero. It doesn't need legs, it's space. I'll always show up for a fucking thing without legs. I Much really like the, the Ziong was my favorite 0079 suit. <laughs> uh, I went and saw the Ziong with legs the other day. Notice it just doesn't feel right. No, it looks weird. It looks weird. Like, the legs, I guess, balance, but no. It doesn't yes. need legs. They're also the most, like, generic, like, Xeon legs possible. Yeah, we just put legs on this thing. We didn't think about it's, it anything. Yeah. Yeah, but those are the suits. Uh, surprised at how many cool suits there were. I was, you know, the Gundam was disappointing, but on the whole, I like the, the Zeon yeah, suits. Yeah, I was, mo- were I was cool. mostly expecting. I knew about the Sazabi, and I kind of knew about the new Gundam, and I was mostly expecting that to be it. I was surprised. I can't believe they got a fucking worse fake Gundam in there. Um, I think the Regi Z is better than the new Gundam, but only oh, be- I absolutely disagree. <laughs> but that's only because I was reading the Regi. I didn't. I thought there was more than one Regi Z. Uh. Because I, because I know, mm. I thought, but I guess the oh, I definitely was, thought of it as like the way the Zeta was used in 0070. Because it's the thing that like Amuro is in it in the beginning, and then they repair it, and then she's in it for the rest of the movie. For some reason, I just thought that it was implying that there was a bunch of Regi Z's, but I guess it's just Jagans then, which means everyone's yeah. in the worst, most useless suit possible. <laughs> well, um, they're like that one in um, that Cats was in a bunch in Zeta. I don't remember what that one's called, mm-hmm. like the Nemo or something. I don't yeah, the, I think it's the Nemo. Yeah. Anyway, the, the Zeta suit, uh, the, the Zeon suits are very cool. Yes. Uh, As always, Zeon knows what a mobile suit should look like. 
Uh, hell yeah, it does. That yep. motto eye is cool always. Yep. What if there was uh, Char Aznabel in a skate pod behind the mono eye? <laughs> Uh, sounds heroic, if you ask me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that's it. That's the rankings of the suits. We did it. That's our traditional segment. Oh, it's nice to have a come down a little bit. Oh, just, uh, take a little break from what's just happened. Yeah. What happened was a roller coaster of emotions. I So, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do we think about the movie? I mostly like the movie. I think its final conclusion like really underscores for me that Tomino... It, it's one of two things. Either Tomino has like an idea of a like an ideology but doesn't have the conviction to follow through with it or he actually believes the fucking bullshit that Amra espouses and if that's the case I worry about this entire whole enterprise I don't think it's either of those what do you think it is you I think it's just it's the movie we need to let everyone go home happy I don't understand no, how you no, could okay. see this movie and go home happy uh, so no I think it is much more fatalistic than either of those is okay. what I'm coming to uh, I think if we look at Gundam the like whole question of new types right is can people truly understand each other that is like the premise on which Gundam is like built yes uh, and so we have all these uh, these characters that uh, run into each other from different sides of the war that have these connections that try to overcome. Like Gundam is about the force that ideology puts on your person and the structures around you are like forced upon you, and seeing if you can break through that to like see the world as it actually is. And that's like n- new types as a, a metaphor for like class consciousness is pretty you know well established at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have the two characters of this of this movie and the two main characters of, of Gundam, which wasn't true before this movie. I don't think. Zeta or ZZ like posit Amro as Shah's like ideological opposites. Uh, no, though the weird part of doing all this is that we went into all of Gundam thinking that that was the case, <laughs> and it was weird how much that wasn't true the entire time we were talking about Gundam until now. Until now, and they're like, wasn't Shah? Like, no, that's not really. I mean, I was just mostly rooting for Amro to understand things, and he never does. No, uh, unfortunately, because I. You know, I'm like, oh, he realized that he was being turned to a weapon, and then he, like, saved all his friends, and then what he did was sit in a cop house for seven years. Yes. And I was like, that's bad. What if I just become the cop again? And then I bash my head into a desk five times. Yeah. So we have the two characters that are basically put as opposites. It's like, uh, Shah, who understands the world, understands ideology, but has no concept of how people work and can't relate to them very well because he's a traumatized war boy. Yes. And we have Amro, who is, like, in this movie at least, which wasn't true in Zeta because he was very PTSD in that time. But this movie is positioned as like deeply compassionate, deeply empathetic, but without any kind of like ideological moorings, that becomes monstrous. Well, yeah, he he just believes in the that, that people will be nice and figure it out. And does like, it's like it's like it's like an empty hope. It's the fucking yeah. hope punk discussion again. Well, yeah, no, he just like thinks that we can just make it better, but he doesn't understand that um, like that hope without any kind of like you know ide- ideology to like match it onto just yes. is filled by the status quo like like Amro believes that the problems exist independent of anything and that the people can just agree on a solution and fix it and no one has yeah. to be fought against and that's categorically but I think untrue what it, does is it positions Amro and Shah as both having half the answer which i don't think is true i think it like uh misses the important because Shah's figured it out he's just kind of shitty with people Amro ha- is like nice to people but has like stumbled into the worst ideology uh and i think at the end of the movie it the 
question it poses is like, can they understand each other? And the answer is no. If they understood each other, they would both put the asteroid down or they would both hold it up. And instead they bicker and explode. No one, neither I mean, of them win. I mean, they, Nothing they, is they literally come to an understanding right as they explode is the thing that infuriates me. Is I that don't... They finally, for the first time, like glimpse what's in, like the thing is that I think Amaro that underscores how much they don't I, understand each other. I don't know. I think that like both of them assume so much of the other person and have for 14 years. This is the first time that they see what's in each other's heart and is weird like they're both freaked out by how much it's the same as each other and then yeah. they explode and none of it matters like That's, it's well, just yes, like yes it's very discouraging to see a movie like strike out and be like this is the final statement of this whole gundam thing that we've been doing and uh, the blu-ray had a bunch of the trailers on it and uh like so much of it was like you don't even grasp the nature of the true gundam yet uh like trying to sell you on this movie and if i went into this and saw this movie at the end of this i'm like no i i grasped a long time ago i'm not sure you understand what the true gundam is tomino writing this fucking bullshit is the end of this story uh i mean i i think that it is the big conclusion is i think the anno- I think the annoyance is intentional, but I think that that represents something very fatalistic. Is the people could never understand, like they do understand each other, but it's in the final moments and it's meaningless. And I think that only exists yeah. to like underscore how completely separated they like. They want the same thing. Amro wants to get it in the wrong way. The problem is that Shah is right and Amro's wrong about the approach. Like they two, there's a correct answer, and it plays them as if they've both uh, been forgetting that they're the same whereas one of them's just joined the cops <laughs> well yeah i mean this is the, this is the thing like part of this is this argument about like who is right and who is wrong here in this like emotive ideology is not interesting to me yes. when the thing the thing we talked about at the end of zz and the thing that we care about is that we li- this is like such an imbalanced situation i don't understand any world in which your concern is not Shar really needs to get that asteroid dropped and everything else falls away to me in the like the fact that this movie is about like turning away the asteroid and this is like the moment humanity does come together like they did the last three times and nothing was accomplished. <laughs> I mean, it's coming off the back of a show that ended with, uh, like, because Zeta's whole thing was no one learns anything. Every All these disasters happen over and over again. Camille's a, like a vegetable. Everything's ruined. I guess we saved yes. the day, but look at this. We've learned nothing. And then Zeta is all, double Zeta is all about what if the, we can break these structures? And they do. And these characters understand the worlds they're in and they figure out how to be people and how to exist in that. And then the final statement is, but that is all meaningless in the context of like grander structures that need to be dismantled. So I don't how like already Amro's argument is the thing that the last show said was irrelevant in, <laughs> like, yeah. in the grand statement of the political nature of the Gundam universe. And so we're bringing it all the way back to this and being like, Oh, they saved the, they, they, prevented the earth from being destroyed quote unquote whatever uh and now maybe armro's way will have to be the way that we take uh just feels like 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 ultimately my problem with all of this and it's been a frustration i've expressed since probably zeta is that gundam lacks the like vision of what this new world could look like like it does the shard thing but in like a much less emotionally honest way where this is a sci-fi story. We could have a show that's about the asteroid drops, human beings going to space, and some of the problems still exist, but they're different problems that we can explore differently and reflect a new reality of like the world we see through metaphor, which is what sci-fi always does. And instead, we cycle the same fucking drain about this exact same conversation over and over and over again. And this time, as much as I like most of the movie and think it's like really pretty and really well put together, going through this same motion again for the third time in like the most boring form does not do it for me. I mean, so I can see an argument 
I, the most um, honest argument, or the, honest is the wrong word, favorable, I guess, argument for why you structure the movie that way is it functions as a kind of what have we learned as we do 0079 again, and this time I am not crying as Amro saves all his friends. This time I'm horrified. <laughs> like, yes. it does the same, like, because I, that was legitimately incredibly emotional for me. I thought that was a huge catharsis, and he'd, like, figured out maybe I don't have to be the weapon the Federation turns me into, and then he does it again. And it's like, wait, we've learned nothing, this is meaningless. And from that perspective, I can see how you would just, like, repeat the themes of Gundam, but put context on it and show, like, no, you should be feeling differently about these things and understand that these themes and these symbols are relative to the, like, uh, context of the universe. The The problem here is, in all of this, like, there's the part where this movie represents to a lot of people, Char is the bad guy now. That's sad, because we used to like him in Zeta. Um, yeah. And I think that the movie allows that read. Like, I'm, it's, we can dunk on the fandom all they want. I mean, I, like, is, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want a galaxy brain that this movie is like, a, like the, um, what's the, what's the test in Blade Runner? Like, that thing for cops. Like, oh, if someone comes out of this saying, oh, Char's the bad guy now, clearly they're a cop. I think the movie's just a mess about what it wants to be. And That's doesn't express this stuff clearly unless you do a really close read and already have like a certain philosophical and political leaning that you came out of the other shows with. Yeah, that's what, like, I think it's easy to dunk on the fandom, and we do, and we have fun with that, like, on the wider fandom for being like, because there's a line in the TV trope that's like, Shah's become a petty, uh, like, shallow shell of a man, and Amro's become a true selfless hero. And, like, it's easy to laugh at that and be like, this is a complete misunderstanding of Gunner, because it, it is, it does misunderstand what's going on in the text, but... If they dropped the asteroid, that wouldn't be unclear anymore. <laughs> like, the, yes. they could explore the thing, and then the asteroid isn't the end of the story. Then the asteroid is the beginning of the story, and the questions are what comes next? How do we make a new structure? That's, that's, that is like, so desperately the Gundam I want, and I don't think it's the Gundam I ever get. Because I think by not dropping the asteroid, not only is it disrespectful to like the themes of Gundam, uh, it is also disrespectful to the idea of, like, what... If Shar is wrong, the only way to prove it is to see what happens when he wins. And yes. it, it will never do that. It will just say, oh, he's wrong for killing people. Yes. Or he's like, wrong throwing, for doing throwing this. Throwing this back into the same question that we've already explored very thoroughly in almost 150 episodes of anime before this just feels like a vote of no confidence in its own themes in a way I don't like. Yeah. And I think that it is. I think that, that fatalism is meant. I think we are meant to get from this that, oh no, maybe we can't understand each other. I think it's just meant to be a depressing ending. I don't. But then that, that's like that's like petty in a way that Gundam should be better than. Yeah, no, that's just End of Evangelion. Like, that <laughs> yeah. should not be what Gundam is. This is the thing we are reacting against on some level when we come to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, the first time I was like, I guess we're meant to. The, the first time I saw the movie, I was like, I guess it is the. Like. Um. We are meant to feel good when Amro catches the asteroid. We are meant to uh, think that Shah's like ideological challenge has been met, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and symbolically, we can all come together and stop this. But that's stupid because Gundam's always been about the material reality of that. Uh, Gundam investing in symbols when I know there's another show that's going to reveal those symbols as meaningless is dumb. Um, and then watching it again, I came more to the second conclusion that it was the question was, was can we understand each other? And the answer was no. Like, like I think that's what um, the ending of this movie implies because they only reach a, the 
barest hint of understanding as they explode and both of them fail. Humanity's learned nothing. The asteroid's half there. I guess Amro saved the day, but the asteroid's still there. Like, uh, the Light of Hope is, like, completely covered by two massive uh, rocks that are hanging above the Earth that I'm sure we'll see in future Gundam shows. Um... The stalemate continues. The tension between the Federation and the colonies continues. Nothing has changed. We do not understand each other. And maybe these themes will be explored in Victory Gundam, but maybe that's why no one likes it. <laughs> so we'll see, I guess. Uh, so here's my question. Is the Ghost Parade neutral in this? Is it just a, like a, is it the force that everyone can, like, okay, I guess that's a bigger question that we're not going to answer here. Is it a power that people can just tap into to do whatever they want with, or does it have a motivation? Uh, the Ghost Parade is the will of the... I, th- yes, it has motivation. I think, in, at least in this movie, um, I think that people have tapped into their like, new type understanding of the Ghost Parade very differently in different situations. So, so the Ghost Parade is the wills of the people who make it up? Uh, I, I could be wrong, but I don't see any other way to read the end of the movie other than the wills of all people saying, no, we should save the Earth. Yeah, I, my, my question is, is the Ghost Parade also a cop now? <laughs> I mean, like, does that mean everyone in Zeon is a cop who held up the asteroid? Yeah, I don't know. But we don't, like, unlike the anime where we see the Ghost Parade and very much feel distinct personalities within it expressed in the show, this is just a green curtain that shows up. This is just the live stream. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a much less interesting way of depicting the Ghost Parade. Because remember the Ghost Parade in Zeta and, like, it got shit done, but Sarah was still like, I still like Peptimus, even though I know he has to die. And, yes. like, it was, even the Ghost Parade had conflict and humanity to it. And yes. now it just is. Now, now it is like now it is. Uh, Chan is a spinning T and <laughs> nebulous force. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, in no way do I like the end of this movie. I think it's either pro cop or just super fatalistic. Uh, yes. Or the uh, like. It's three things. Either that it's super fatalistic, uh, pro cop, or it's a uh, do you decide for yourself which what we should do. And I don't if, like either of those things. If I met Tomino, I would punch him like Judo punch Bray. I swear to God. I, I think that's the only conclusion. We yes. will build a better world. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I don't know. I, like it's weird. Cause like we, in, when we watched the end of double Zeta, we were so much like, we don't need this movie. It's not going to give us anything we don't already have. And that ended up being true, but I'm so much madder about it, but also I still like the movie. And that's a weird <laughs> thing to sit with. Because I think, the movie on the whole is like the Gundam show I've been wanting for the entire time because instead of having a stand-in third-party bad guy that everyone agrees is bad for everything and the real conflict is going on between the surface we have one side who believes in one thing versus another side who believes in another thing everyone is very straightforward about this is what i believe and why i'm doing this everyone is earnestly stating their ideologies and they are clashing to create the drama and gundam is so often talks around that and now it's finally brought it to the surface and in a two-hour movie where no one's in it right like this movie avoids a lot of tough questions it killed hayato so it didn't have to ask these tough questions uh, because there's no way he wouldn't be standing next to Char. I mean, yeah, the part where this movie should be about fucking Camille in the Alpha Zero instead of Quest and Fa out there providing cover for him and both of them believe in Char's ideology and Judo and the salvage team fucking rescue people on Earth in their salvage shuttles as they get the poor off of the planet and then the asteroid drops and everyone fucking cheers as Amro <laughs> and Bright get incinerated in a giant fireball. That's the thing I want. I mean, I don't want that because I, you know, I still, you know, I would rather Amro realize he's a cop and push the asteroid down with everyone else. But, you know... 
the point is that because the point is that the asteroid needs to drop. I don't care how they do it. Yeah, sure. If if Amro's there at the end watching the asteroid fall and be like, I think you're wrong. And then like Char is probably still dead. I think that Char dying is like a fine thing to have this end with. But like Camille turns to him and is like, I guess we'll find out together. And then the credits come. That'd be the best ending. Yeah. Like I've often, you know, uh, I am made fun of correctly for still being the Amro, not defender, but like affection because I really like him in 0079 and I invest in his trauma a lot and wanted yes. to see him break free of being crafted to be the Federation's weapon and not just be like, now I'm going to be the Federation's weapon again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's very sad and cynical of Gundam to suggest that Amaro and Bright both fought the Titans. They both fought the people they are, then, and they now are the Titans. That has happened to yes. them. And not only does that happen to them, but they espouse this is happening to them in the movie. They like say that they did this and believe this, and they still think the Titans are evil and that they are good. And it, like, fine, sure, whatever. I guess that makes sense. Bright and Amro are cops in their heart. I get it. But it is just such a desperately depressing view of humanity that that's a possible thing. I know it's a possible thing. I know people are bad. I live in the world, right? Like, cops are everywhere. People have, like, defend awful shit at all times, always. Uh, yes. But when this is a show about do we have the possibility to break ourselves from these structures, and on the whole, everyone either doesn't or dies? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's just hopeless in a way I can't get behind. Like, Judo broke through these structures and was so broken by it, he left. Camille broke through these structures and was so broken by it, he became a husk of a human. Um, And everyone else died! And now we have Char and Amro fighting over nothing at the end of the universe. Yep. And, like, this conversation makes it seem like we hate this movie much more than we do, because it really is the last, the final beat where this all crystallizes. (laughs) Because up until Uh, that, it's so clear. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the last... 15 20 minutes of this movie is a real fucking downer compared to the rest of it which i think grasps at like an emotional truth to gundam that gundam typically doesn't have and i mm-hmm. like that part a lot absolutely i think quest is an amazing character i love what she represents in the story let's briefly talk about quest a little more because i think we need to bring up what the quest uh the quest's reputation so yeah the thing with me is i watch this movie i'm like oh this is great quest is great what a cool character to put in gundam and then everyone's reaction to the movie was oh quest sucks someone literally said i hate how much she like ruins the storyline of gune and hathaway (laughs) and that's a person who listens to this podcast and i'm sorry for dragging you like this but how the fuck can you have an opinion like that (laughs) wow you really are dragging them like that i thought you were gonna say oh you're wrong Um, Hathaway is the fucking cop who would be king, and Gune is a giant <laughs> creepo. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand it because, like, I don't understand how you get to this part of Gundam and don't like Quest because I understand being frustrated by her ending. I think her ending sucks. I think. Yes, yeah, no, was... she's literally just written out, like, she is murdered in a trail of people getting murdered, and then it puts it all on Hathaway being the one who survives and we're supposed to empathize with, though, fuck that. Fuck Hathaway forever. Because, uh, like, at the start of the movie, she's basically the personification of both Gundam fandom and just the cyber new type slash new type Gundam woman that was repeated gestaltly forever. Yes. Um, it's also really weird because the movie goes out of its way to try to make her the Lala, but it's so clear in her design and the story that we're given that she's the four. And four was, because she like, you know, repeats the stuff with uh, Hathaway, like with Camille. Um, yeah. 
she looks like four also also she just looks exactly like four and i yeah. thought the movie was going to lean into her with a lot of stuff and like she would come up between amara and shara i guess she does at the end of the go like why did you treat crest like that but it i mean i thought the whole thing was leading to a confrontation with lala and lala was going to go what the fuck are you doing you both want the same thing fix this no, Lala exists to be in a dream, and that's it. I was really hoping Zeta laid so much ground of if Amuro goes to space, he has to actually confront the ghost that he's afraid of. And none of that's actually true. He just has a fucking dream where she's like, Shar is pure. And he's like, I don't know what that means. I hate it, though. And I'm like, how do you not know what that means? He wants one thing and one thing only. He's yes. Even if you hate him, he's pure. Yep. <laughs> Amuro, what's wrong with you? Uh, uh, no, as he told Gune, he wants two things. The victory of Neo Zeon and to defeat Amro Ray. That's true. He should really only want one of those things because the other one doesn't matter. Yes. You're so yeah. far above him. Yes. <laughs> um. uh, but no, I don't know. Like, Quest literally gets so much of the same, like, narrative arc that Camille gets and that uh, Jado gets. Uh, she, like, she comes from a place of privilege, so she's a little more ridiculous from the start because, like, Camille is. Camille's in a weird place where Camille's like in a weird private Titan school, but hates it because he doesn't want to grow up to be a fascist. And so you're like, okay, I have an in with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Though the first couple episodes of Zeta, Camille acts ridiculously in ways that are negative. Camille is, I mean, the first couple episodes of Zeta, and this is true of Double Zeta as well, is like, this character is not fully formed yet. There's like, there's nothing here. And eventually they get there, but it's weird that your in doesn't like, you watch like, I don't know, it's a bad comparison, but when you watch the first episode of My Hero Academia, you know exactly who Deku is for the entire show. Yes. <laughs> there is nothing uh, like that to send to him. Um, But, like, Jado is, like, the scrappy kid, and sometimes he's a little too brash, but he also does kick a bowl of soup into the Federation General's <laughs> face and punches Bright Noah, and he's a fucking hero to all of us. We should all aspire to be like Jado Ashta. He's the uh, best. <laughs> And Quest doesn't have that because, like, she went on a summer with her, like, hippie friends from India and smoked a lot of weed and learned about new types. But her dad is also, like, the gov- like the literal, like, head of the Federation government as far as this movie's concerned. And she lives in a mansion, and the only way she can understand the material conditions of Earth is, sometimes parents have mistresses, and I hate it. Which, to be fair, is literally where Camille was, where he hates his- that his dad has a new wife. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but uh, some old dudes wrote this. <laughs> yeah, which is like, I, I think that's fine for Quest to have. Uh, but because she's like a, you know, like a 14-year-old girl who acts more like a child than like the Gundam protagonists do because they're in the Gundam show and it's a show written by men. Uh, I feel like a lot of the dismissal of Quest in the fandom, I feel like can only be driven by either not close enough reads of the actual thing versus the other Gundam shows or the general sexism that permeates all things. Uh, general sexism that permeates all things. Um, like aware or not, like, you know, I would ask people, I, like if, if someone's like, oh, Quest, she's super annoying. I would ask you to at least reflect on that opinion. Reflect on that opinion and also understand that like, this is a form that has existed in every Gundam show. And I get like, I get being frustrated with the repeating ways in which Tomino et al. write women badly and do this again and again and again but at this point there's been three shows of this there's been a show dedicated to exploring the idea of this as like a um a structure that doesn't have to be uh and like this this repetition has purpose so if you don't like like quest being in the movie then i would say that like you don't understand gundam whatever your read on her is like she is crucial to what gundam is gundam is she's more crucial than char and amro arguing against each other absolutely yes it is about these young children who sh- 
should be able, if the, the world were equitable, find a new path to a better future being crushed by the system. And if anything is my critique of uh, Quest, is that if Quest, living in the basement of the super shitty cop dad and going on one holiday can figure out ideology, maybe Gundam should have more space for others doing that yeah. and a sense of there collective action in the world. There should be 8,000 Quests running around. <laughs> because where... like The thing that always... That's... um. That made it hard for me to um, come around to Shah's side, which I did because he's right about things. But the thing that uh, was a thing instead was like they talked a lot about like great men and the idea of do these men have the like that was what the theater scene was about. Do we have the uh, strength to lead the people into the future? And Shah's like, I don't, but it, we should let them do it. Um, yes, and then like Z- Double Zeta, the reason why we love it is it's literally about six kids who don't matter the minute that they are left alone to think about the situation that Gundam presents, realize that all of this sucks, it's the adult's fault, and we can forge a new future if we can imagine one. And so this movie goes back to other protagonists who apparently aren't capable of that, and we just watched... And the only one who we've seen before who understands how the world works is Shah. None of the other characters come back, there's no space for anyone um, but Quest. Quest is the only character in this movie who, during the course of the movie, realizes Shah is right. Uh yes. Even but though, then also, but also, kind of realizes that she's trapped in a weird situation where Shar is not her friend, right? Yeah, like Shar's not anyone's friend. He's an ideological yes. leader. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So it's it's just a frustrating because we have been talking for literally eighteen months uh, for how for this movie to be what it needs to be to us. It has to be. <laughs> four hours of everyone yelling about this exact thing and now it turns out this is our opinion uh but it ended up being so much more the themes that the movie ended up settling on ended up pushing us away in ways that i just didn't expect from the last couple shows of gundam yeah um it feels it feels regressive for tomino's narratives yeah, and like I said, I think that the best read of that you can have is it presents the narrative of 0079 with new context and you feel differently about that, which is fine. But even as a choice, even if that is what they're trying to do, it's a boring choice when they could show the asteroid dropping and imagine something different. Yes. Um, but that's it. I think that's my that's the big R uh, discussion. Do we have any other points we want to hit before we go to emails? Because we still got uh, before we... a billion emails. So bring it down a little bit before we bring it back up. I would like to do the ranking of Gundams. Oh, and we've got people who uh, haven't listened to this show before, presumably. Okay, so I'm going to go first. I will give you my current three, and then you can give your current three, and then we'll play this movie. Okay. How about that? So the my favorite, my favorite, so we've watched three Gundams, obviously, this... before this. My favorite Gundam show, Double Zeta Gundam. My favorite Gundam uh, show, Double Zeta Gundam. My second favorite Gundam show, Zeta Gundam. My uh, second favorite Gundam show, Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> my third favorite Gundam show, Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, my third favorite, Zeta Gundam. Shockingly, shocking no one. Um, so where do you think we should put Shars Counterattack in this uh, ranking on. of Gundams? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, it's, mine goes at the bottom. It just goes at the bottom. Yes, uh, mine goes at the bottom. I, I actually, uh, I, I, I'm surprised at how much I like this movie, given how much the ending is sour to me. It, it's strange, because it ends up forming a weird, um, 
almost opposite to Zeta for me, which is a show that I basically spent all of the time being frustrated with, finding it desperately cynical, and not being able to, like, truly connect with. And then the final episodes really clicked everything into place, and I'm like, I respect you, Zeta. You're not my, like, favorite Gundam, but I get what you're going for. I get why you have to exist. And then double Zeta happening and deconstructing all the things Zeta did made every choice Zeta made seem much more intentional and much less, like, um, listlessly cynical. Uh, yeah. And... Yeah, and then this movie was like, oh, I guess we're going back to that <laughs> in ways that were yep. worse than Zeta, um, in ways that were much more frustrating. Um, even if, unlike Zeta, I am liked the... Like, I was enjoying this movie for the first hour and 50 minutes, like, basically waiting for the Lala thing to happen, everyone to understand each other, slash the asteroid to drop. Yeah. And neither of those things happen. No, absolutely not. <laughs> we just get the barest hint of Amra being like, Amra last line is literally what the fuck are you talking about and then he dies yes <laughs> that's the end of 14 years uh yep yeah do you have any final notes before I read a billion emails for another 45 minutes no no let's get into the emails we got a lot of ground to cover a lot of it will probably already be covered so if we like be like we we already answered that I'm like apologies we'll talk about the things that come up that we have not thought about uh yeah a couple of these emails are really long if we um end up summarizing those emails that's why uh yes. if I'm a little slow summarizing that like I haven't written out pre-written summaries for any of these I've uh I've read them all but I haven't um you know got super prepared here uh yeah but we first have an email from Doug because uh, I so specifically, I asked everyone for their uh, Shard Counter Attack reads and thoughts because uh, we were confused about the fandom take on this movie, and obviously we have our own super opinionated read on it, uh, and want wanted to know um, outside of our Gundam Discord where it's all everyone is hardcore space communist all the time. Uh, yes. So why do GGP like audience thinks about this movie and thinks about Gundam in general? So um, we're gonna get a few varying takes here. Uh, so Doug. Does not like this movie. Movie sucks, but the mech finding is so good. The small touches they add, like airbags going off and showing certain cameras blink off as the mobile suits take damage, is peak real robot for me. Um, it stands with the finding in the end of Avery, some of the best me- mech combat ever committed to film. On the other oh, hand, yeah. I felt, found it unbelievably frustrating that so much of the movie is spent with Quest and Hathaway when we have all been waiting for this culmination of the Char and Amro story. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I remember really hating both of those characters. I would recommend you uh, go back and uh, revisit it with some of the thoughts we've said about that. Yes. Uh, also, you will still uh, hate Hathaway. <laughs> uh, like, watch Zeta and Double Zeta and then ask yourself how much you really care about what Char and Amro think about anything, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no. outside, of, outside of, please liberate the space noids from the control of the Earth Federation. <laughs> yeah. The kids in Zeta, Double Zeta just figured it out on their own. Yes. Uh, the fight between the new Gundam and the Sasabi is awesome, but it's that's not really the battle we needed. We needed like 25 minutes of debate between Shara and Amuro and I guess Bright or whoever from the Federation that ended in a frame-for-frame frame remake of the sword fight from Frasier when Niles fights Marie's French and Coates. Is that a reference that you can unpack for me? Uh, that's, a, that's one of a, it's a really good episode. I don't know why okay. Gundam... Like, Gundam already had the episode where they were fencing and arguing about ideology. It's at the end of 79. I don't want that again. Uh, Gundam's already going to give us decades of them trying to do this stuff over again and failing to capture the magic of the first time over and over again. I don't need them to like deliberately do that in this movie. This movie made me just deeply, on a level I wasn't prepared for, dread the idea of resetting the universe every time. Yes. Do you know how many times a space ghost is going to hold up the asteroid? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, crass. Hello, crass. Um, yes. 
Subcrass. Don't want to write 2,000 words, so I'm breaking it down into pros and cons. Cons. The immediate res opening was a bit too much, especially with introducing quests. Hathaway is a soft boy in all the worst ways, proving that Gundam really did make everything first. Gune sucks ass. He's creeping in the DMs. He I is. Sh- he should like the news Gundam design, but I can't truck. We too cannot truck. Yeah. Pros. Quest's arc is an entire Gundam series storyline within one movie, and I like that. True. Uh, Same. Shah Hot. Untrue. Hey, can we talk mm, about his ha- mm, hair bad? Mm. Hair bad. He was hotter in Zeta. Yes. His hair is bad. The part where he's just like an adult ass man now is good. Like, there's a certain, like, still, like, youth, like, maybe too much of a young person vibe to Quattro. Like, Quattro is, like, the best hair, the best general aesthetic and demeanor, but he's too, he's still too young for me. I mean, I'm in my 30s now. Like, I'm not going to look at Quattro, who's, like, probably, like, what, like, 25, and be like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. If you're telling me... But Char Asnabel in Char's (laughs) Counterattack, who is literally my age, which makes me feel (laughs) ancient, uh... I can fuck with that. Even if he does need better hair. Like, Jesus Christ, my dude. Get it, you, either get it cut or grow it out again. Are you telling me that the best and most sexually charged char scenes are when he and uh, Nanaya are just kind of talking about things and he's in a suit, but it doesn't really fit him and he's sad about his life? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, I like the part where they're both in robes, yep. like drinking scotch. That's the one I like. That's so good. Yes. She throws that scotch across the room. Yes, I like that scene because the, her glass doesn't break in a in a more yes. in a worse movie. The glass would break. <laughs> yep. Um, Shah's plan succeeds even when it fails, as people must now reckon with his ideology and deal with the knowledge. If things don't change, mm. someone else will finish the job. That's, I don't believe that. I that's believe how that, that movie ends. I think that's a really generous read on what the ending of that movie is. I think you can apply that ending to every Gundam. It's like now we can deal with the ideology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Gun- by this being the fourth time we've had this exact same conflict, Gundam has proven that no, this is not how anything will go. Uh, Amro jumps from a car to tackle Shah of a horse. This is the greatest battle, battle since not mech battle since last shooting, and to date, I agree that he jumps off a car to fight him on, off a horse. It's fantastic. It is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> not even gonna front. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And yeah, it's good. Okay. Do 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 do. We have one from Leon. Liam, I should pronounce it better. Yes. <laughs> yes, I should. You've been reading for 7,000 words. I should be able to do these emails. Sorry. Um, congrats on finishing CCA. I, rem- I remember coming to it after watching MSG, Zeta, and ZZ and feeling very annoyed. Like, the story felt like a weird retcon, which, as you all discussed already, it has some shades of that production-wise, dragging together two characters and making them fight because they have to have a final battle. Comparatively, mm. it made me so happy over the course of these TV series to see what felt like conservative... Tomino's conservative and being diminished. This kind of exemplified in characters like Bright and Emma dismissing the actions of the young protagonist as naive, childish, and basically telling them to follow orders and kill a bunch of people. It's been great to hear you get into uh, Judo's invaluable uh, enthusiasm and just the thematic throughline of a bunch of kids literatively and figuratively shooting down a strategy, shouting down a strategy of uh, stodgy old federation leadership. It's the same reason why Camille and Quarter's relationship is so important to me and remains one of my favorites in all of Gundam. That is fair and true. Uh, so where does this leave us in CCA? Why make these characters fight? At the very least, Amro does what he does best, piloting a big robot. <laughs> Me, editorializing, and brackets, thinking about nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I got in the robot, that fixes everything. Amro is of- actually the person going, wow, cool <laughs> robot, while he's in the cool robot. <laughs> Amro is definitely going, wow, cool robot. <laughs> Could I make that meme and just put Amro's face in it? I'm going to do that and put it on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, it's striking how many deaths in this movie come from weird blunters with London Bill being especially adept at calling them and killing their own people as Najee Shan even Amro's subconscious reaction to Gine holding Kiara Kostic yeah London Bell suck um, 
I'm happy the psychofield resonance of the conclusion is more of a fluke than anything the character specifically did. In Amaro's own words, while trying to push back actors, he couldn't do anything. No matter my misgivings with the film, there are a few. Some gross stuff, a lot of female characters who are just kind of thrown away. And at the end of and at the end of it all, I get Amaro's place as someone who can't conceive of the status quo's material to conditions or act directly out of uh, or act out of yeah, or act outside of what is directly in front of him solidified and honestly that feels pretty good I'm eager to hear your thoughts and so look forward to the Gundam you have ahead best wishes for Happy New Year Liam uh, uh, I don't disagree with that but I think that's why we don't like the movie <laughs> um, the, the thing yeah, about yeah like I already knew that about I already thought that about Amaro I don't need it proven to me over two hours and then the world doesn't change <laughs> I mean I th- I think the thing that they're saying is that they knew all of that, but they sat through Charles Counterattack and understand why that's a thing someone could think in the universe of Gundam. And I'm annoyed that they left the possibility for that to be a thing someone could think in the universe of Gundam. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yes, we've already covered this. Yes, I feel that's like. been covered. Uh, but thank you very much for the email. Uh, we have one from Liv. Uh, that was a whole lot. All in all, I feel like CCA was a good cap of the prior trilogy of shows and that it was effectively about underlining the themes. Looking forward to the podcast untangling the whole mess of things that happened since it was functionally 10 episodes of Gundam where plot things happened crammed into two hours. Here's some bullet points. I like the new Gundam. I like the new funnels. The funnels are cool. The Gundam's banned. That's not take. Uh, I love Hathaway's theory that all the new types are just Bradley Cooper from Limitless. What a dork. Yeah, Hathaway is the fucking worst. <laughs> Uh, I, too, enjoy the movie Lucy. Um, Cameron Bloom is in this, question mark? Yes, good old Cameron himself. Cameron is here. Uh, this movie looks ridiculously good, even if I find some of the framing in large garden battles a bit over underwhelming to look at in a while. Uh, really like the look of every Earth scene in particular. Yes, the Children of Men yep. is happening. It's right here. Yep, I like the I like the little detail stuff more than like the big picture stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Gundam is really bad with vast stuff and much better with like little greebly shit. Absolutely. Um, Quest is pretty good, although the continued shit treatment of women in this movie was easily its biggest bummer, and there sure were a lot of women to mishandle this time around. Um, like I get it, but like on the f- like we're rating this against Zeta Gundam, <laughs> but like a, a show which so grossly mishandles all of its women. Uh, to the point where literally the world's greatest space lesbian dies to give Judo a fire sword for no good reason. <laughs> um, Camille. Or not Judo, Camille, yes. Uh, like, this is true. So, is this better where half the women that die are barely characters? That's Those are your options, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they live on the fucking, like, uh, gotten frame of just characters that don't matter, right? Yeah, and now we can just kind of dismiss them and laugh at them. Um, we understand that it's bad and a problem with Gundam, but it's also a problem that's been established and known for this long. Like, I think, I think there's more to say about characters like Chan and Quest. I don't really care about Resin. Kiara. Like, she yeah, doesn't Rezin. matter. Yeah, Resin and Kiara. Yeah. Um, and those are the two I was thinking of. Uh, the cumulative 15 minutes Amara and Charles spend hashing out the ideologies ranks among some of the best Gundam material ever I hadn't quite realised how much I like these characters until now even if Amara is a full cop um, uh, this is the this is probably the only time I actually really sympathize with Char like I've always believed in the thing he believes in he's not a character that like I particularly care about outside the part where he's blowing Casilia's head off with a rocket launcher that's pretty fucking cool yeah um, that's been drinking in a bar well. with things m- reflected in his mirrored sunglasses <laughs> that also rules um, uh, Amro, the boy had his moment. It was 14 years ago. He's been a disappointment ever since. I'm so, my disappointment could, could hold up asteroids. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I didn't really say this in the thing, but I also have, my position on Shara has been, I believe in him and he is right, but I don't care about him as a person. And I feel like this movie did that. 
Yes, I'm not. I'm not like a Shar fan the way people are Shar fans. Like, I think it's good that he recognizes that he is doing a wrong thing for the right reason. Like a bad, not, not wrong, a evil thing for like that. People will always hold him up as doing the wrong thing here, and that he believes in it anyway. And that when it's done, it's time for him to fucking be forgotten by history as a monster. Yeah, and like that stuff, I really like. I really like the moment at the end where he's like, you know. I am, I'm a sad boy too, asshole. Yes. <laughs> but also, oh God, I fucking overcompensated and wanted Amro to fight me so bad I fucked this whole plan up. I ruined Earth because I needed a child to recognize me. Yep. Um, I really like the scenes with Mariah trying to get away from the blast radio showers, correct, but I appreciate the movie's emphasize of the human cost of his plan. Incidentally, can Bright really not afford a night to home for his family no, on a fellow salary? Not. No, he this cannot. This is what Earth that's, is like. It's just children is. and men all the time. It was like this before the asteroid dropped. Yeah, that, yeah. like... It emphasizes both the human cost of Shah's, like, thing, and also the suffering that Shah is going to wipe out. Yep. Um, and the, those two things existing in the same moments is very, it's some of the best, like, meaningless movie. Uh, also really like the final image of Axis depending over the Earth. Always leave it to Gundam, to deliver a bummer ending of the best kind. Yep. Uh, there we go. I'm excited to see the future of Gundam now that the core foundation material is finished. Yeah. <laughs> As we dread it just doing this again forever. Yep. Um, we have a long, long email from Wergazelle. I'm going to try my best to summarize this uh, because it's too long to read out. But I do have to say to Wergazelle um, uh, that her name rules. This email is from Briar Sovereign. Uh, Wergazelle is name on the Discord, but uh, called Briar Sovereign. Great name, fantastic name. I DM them to make sure I can say their name. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, this is the most Gundam protagonist. Now, actually, worry, it's it, not even Gundam protagonist. This is like the Twilight Mirage name. Like, it fucking rules. It's so good. Credible name. Yeah. Jack the Keat himself could not think of a better name. That, do you know how high praise that is? I hope you're smiling yes, right there's now. there's no higher praise. I have none other. <laughs> um... Okay, give me a second to quickly summarize Astro. <laughs> uh, for the blow on the back of the DVD, I had a vague expectation this movie was going to be about Shard dunking an asteroid on top of the Federation. I was expecting a slow burn. Ten minutes in, he had already done that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I also read the back of the Blu-ray like a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, I guess that I predicted exactly what this movie was going to be about. I can't believe this is Shard's like, big secret plan. I'm so glad the movie just dumps it right at the front. Literally the third line of the movie. <laughs> yep. Um... Talking about um, talking about quests. Uh, Quest seems really excited to be in Gundam. I thought the Judo was excited to go to the robot, but Quest immediately feels like she's not just queuing out to be a dead robot character, uh, but trying her down as a kind of line. Yes, no, like I say, she is. I mean, Judo literally barely knows what a new type is by the time Double Zeta's ended, and Quest is like ready to jump in and be the new type savior like three hours into being on Zeon strips. <laughs> it's it's good. She's ready. She slammed she took, a, she took a course about new types and she knows she must be drawn to one of these new type men. And then Amra Ray talks to her and she's like, go away, I'm just a boy. Leave me alone. And she's like, this yep. guy sucks. <laughs> yep. This other guy, he's tall, he's blonde, he's going to take me with him. I'm going. <laughs> Who among us would not... It's this or be stuck marrying Hathaway and having six of his shitty kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad we don't see Frau Bo. <laughs> yeah I mean we really do need to know if anyone ever told her about what happened <laughs> to Katz and Hayato because certainly no one has told her now both 
uh, her husband and one of her children has have been out gone some for smokes. six years. <laughs> no one's told her. She's like they're off in space, mm-hmm. and Mariah and Mariah won't doesn't know because she never talks to Bright. Like he shows up fucking once every six months. Bright <laughs> Rappo talking on the phone, complaining about their husbands, oh, as if they're stuff. both still alive. <laughs> uh, and uh, then no one remembers our because they're all dead. Um. I was pretty excited with the fact that this movie was uh, that this movie end of this movie was going to be um, uh, Amaro and Shah fighting alongside. Uh, sorry, Amaro and Shah crushed beneath Axis of Shah as he failed to accept that he wasn't going to be the special boy that saved the Federation this time. Um, da da da! I was wrong again. Someone calls out to me as a psycho frame reaction happens and Axis pulls away from the Earth and everything ends very suddenly. They are saved as the collective will of Amaro and his fallen comrades save the Federation once again. The Federation kept solely afloat by the leagues of loved ones that have died to protect it and those that will die so their death meant something over and over. Mankind is truly capable of changing the world from the better and it never will. Also, the letter T is here. It's important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tell me about it. There was a bit in this early on about wishing Plo was here uh, instead of uh, like Quest or just having Plo at all. I really wish that there were Zeta and Double Zeta characters. What if like, this movie had some of the ZZ kids instead? What if Plo wasn't dead? I agree. What if people yeah. who had already... What if Plo did not die in like a cutaway? <laughs> what if, I, I, didn't, I read it as her going unconscious because I was like, they would never kill such an important character so stupidly. Not even Well, then this movie showed up and be like, no, we can think of way dumber ways for characters to die. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What if there were anybody but Quest who recognized, I guess Quest and Char and the Nanai? Nearly yeah. uh, Okay, and a bunch of summary things. And um, some of the sound effects were distracting. I'm not percent sure I've heard Star Wars noises. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, especially when the blaster noises in 079 are so distinctive. Yes. Um, uh, they also mention that Amro fires off a bunch of inflatable Gundam that's in the new Gundam's fingers, which is very funny. It is very funny. Also, everyone getting funnels is great, especially when they all start shouting "funnels" <laughs> when they come to battle. No one has ever like, um, Haman never did this. None of the plus did this. No one's yeah. ever had to shout funnels to get the funnels to work because they're, they're psychic. That's the whole point. You don't need to say anything. Yes. But the fact that this movie leads really hard into like Shah going, funnels, come to me! <laughs> <laughs> One of the best decisions. Thank you so much for the email, Briar Sovereign. Stay true to your incredible name. <laughs> yep. Um. Do, 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 do. Where? I've we lost... have Jim next. I've lost the email. We got Jim? What's right above the one for the? Oh, you've been uh, deleting the these. Yes. <laughs> I was like, where the hell am I? I'm on this trying list? to make it easier on you. <laughs> you did not. You did the opposite. Um, okay. Uh, so this is a big email that I'm uh, not going to quite read all of, um, and it's from an unfortunate person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they've heard about this podcast because Austin retweeted us, but have not listened to the prior 69 episodes where we lay out our radical space communist vision of Gundam, and so come in with a more general Gundam fandom take, which is fine, but not a good fit for us. <laughs> but, like, I feel, ba- I feel bad about just immediately dunking on that, because what I want to say is, come with us, we can lead you to the true space communism yeah, way. Yeah, no, no. My actual answer is, please listen to the last... 69 episodes and read some Marx and Lenin and come back to us. Because we did not start out here. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm a Ray fanboy's gonna come back and say that. I don't trust that Char. He's up to some shit. Like, oh, you started there. To be fair, I always knew that Char was probably had more going on than that. Um, 
Yeah, but like I still went on the journey. But you'd also seen some of it before. Yes, I yes. Uh, but like you can watch the journey happen in real time. We can take you here. Yes. Um. Uh. But yes. Uh. So that's like on the movie. Uh, I also liked Seize Gundam, but I was left underwhelmed by the ending in some way, so I'm looking forward to hearing a conversation on that. I thought I would send you a quick email before you recorded a Charles Counterattack podcast. As my feeling on CCA, I was underwhelmed and annoyed. I wish it would touch more on the characters and how they had changed in the time between the show and the movies. Uh, and it felt strange to have once again this focus on Char and Amro, especially after ZZ, which was without them. You are among friends yes. here. True. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, why are we back to these two yahoos? Uh, I was also a bit bummed out by Char's heel turn, especially as I found him fairly likable as Quattro. This may have been an issue uh, since I only watched the MSG movies so my time as a whole with Shara is heavily biased towards Quattro first of all you should watch the Mobile Suit Gundam show it's yeah, fucking please incredible. watch Mobile Suit Gundam it's an incredible show the movies are not as good they categorically categorically not as good stop adding us whoever is also typing in the discord <laughs> yes <laughs> we disagree it's, the show's good uh, so we have here a person who's like why, why is Shara doing this I don't quite understand and then they post a post from a forum which I'm not going to read all of but it basically lays out the common uh, what we see as bad, like, neoliberal Gundam fandom achievement of, like, uh, this entire thing, this entire war is a front because uh, Shar is so um, concerned about Amro that this whole thing is a lie and has given yes, up Yes, he's just doing this to get back at Amro Ray for taking Lala from him, which is, cata- like, the only people who ever espouse that theory in the movie are bad people who have not thought through anything. <laughs> yeah, and, like, when it comes up that Shar has done some things because of his, like, vendetta towards Amro, it's not because he doesn't also care about the other thing. It's like a thing he should have got over but never could because he's so traumatized. Yeah. Um, that is our reading. And mean- I agree it kind of comes out of nowhere in this movie and I, I'm not, like, you can take it or leave it whether you like that or not. Uh, but, I like, Char's uh, goal has always been the liberation. Like, it's his father's dream. The thing that the zombies corrupted from the jump. It's He's literally been single-minded about one thing for 14 years. Yeah. Like, you could not accuse him of derailing his vision of a better future for anything. Yeah. So, that is our take. Um, I hope that we can be uh, better, like, instructors of how Gundam works in our discussions uh, than this take on the forum, which I think is very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you very much. Because uh, they like get this taken. Like, I guess this is this explains it. I guess, and we see the explanation and go, no, it does not. <laughs> Listen to us. No, this other, yes, this other person. Uh, this person does say that they like quests and that they were like, what happened to Beltorchka? Uh, I also want to know, even though I don't like Beltorchka at all. <laughs> what happened to her? Uh, no. But yes, I hope you're enjoying the podcast, Jim. Yes. Uh, we have one from Lizzie, uh, which is this movie whip scrote, and I like the mobile suits, uh, and then a work of art that summarizes Lizzie's feelings on the movie, and it is uh, Amory Ray with uh, drawn over it in paint, uh, a red sign, red no-entry sign with the words, Hell Bastard. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Um... And we have two. Do you more like? Emails. Do you like? Do you like his like fucking cop ass bomber jacket? I do think it's stylish. Uh, I think his look in this movie is very good. <laughs> yes, he, he is now the the goddamn Gundam. Yes, he is the blue life that matters. <laughs> <laughs> the will of the people does, uh, have all decreed it. The Zeon ships are holding up the asteroids too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, we have Hunter oh my god I'm reading up there's two versions short version and long version sorry Hunter I'm reading up the short version 
I'm going to read the long version you to read myself, the short and I'll get to you with anything that's then, extra. Okay. Uh, short version. Amro really sucks now, huh? The moment Rick got to me was when Bright was mad at halfway for coming aboard, and Amro was like, this would do him some good. Does he really think uh, going through 0079 did himself some good? I mean, I thought he didn't, but he must do because he's still getting in the robot to help the cops. So what do I know? Uh, Shaw, I love him. He's right for the most point. Wish, wish he got over his own shit so he could have saved the day. Big mood. I think that about myself also. Uh, I wish he did more to get the people of Earth because I feel like all the shitty people uh, just fucked off Earth before Axis hit. Uh, I don't know how Tomino sees the end of this movie. ZZ pretty much states that this will keep happening unless someone breaks the system. Amro is wrong. Humans won't change unless we give them time. Unicorn is going to come. Hathaway is going to flash. Uh, I'm sure some people on Earth were touched by the spirits in the sky, but the ones in power are just going to uh, come back to, the, in, to power on Earth. Probably will enforce law in space and more, create a more fascist government saying it's to protect themselves. This will happen again and again. I really liked Crest, but I hated where our story ended. <laughs> yeah, this all checks out. Oh, the new Gundam is a cool uh, Okay, was there anything I need to comment on that? Because I was reading the long version. I know, uh, everything there is stuff we have covered exactly. Anything from the long okay, version? The one thing that Hunter does say is that Hunter is using this to write in because they worry that, like, oh, Gundam is a place where there are, like, very strong opinions and people have a lot of personal philosophy and politics wrapped into stuff and it's very nervous to talk about things. I get it. Which is the true us doing this podcast experience where I've always been willing to kind of blunder in and Jackson has been very nervous about this thing. Um, Every time, like, Zeta was like, I was having a panic attack before some of those episodes. We will both reach out. Like, the thing with this and with all of Gundam and with the Discord and, like, there are people who definitely have more traditional Western Gundam fandom reads of Stars Counterattack in our Discord. Uh, if you want to go there, just go to EpiroMapping.com. There's a link to where you can join the Discord. Yep. Um... And um, we, we, we're willing to extend a hand and take you as far as you want to go. We have also been on this journey. Like, there are people here who are sympathetic to the understanding that we all have to have a growing, expanding class consciousness in our space communist lives. Yeah, no. Uh, was... It's weird because, like, if, you, if I was into Gundam when I was younger, I would absolutely be the fucking neoliberal. I mean, I was, like, a fucking weird liberal kid, right? Yeah. Like, I'd absolutely be the, like, galaxy brain neoliberal Gundam fan. And I only now in the politics that I have as a person and the hell world we live in, I don't, like, it's hard to look at Gundam and not be like, how do you not see the news every day and all of this shit? Because, like, the thing about the asteroid of this movie is that it's in a reality where there is another way. But, like, the, there are places in space we can go. The system can... There is an alternative. That doesn't exist on, like... Our, I get if you think about destroying the Earth, like, don't drop an asteroid in the real world, don't kill everyone, that's obviously stupid. But this isn't that. This yeah, is like a, but everyone's living in cylinders that are gorgeous and beautiful in a way that the Earth is depicted in Gundam as being over... Like, Gundam... Like, the Earth can't be that anymore because it's exhausted because people have taken everything from this it. This is basically like if... I mean, I guess it's a thing that does exist, right? Uh, which is, like, what if renewable energy was totally able of powering everything and saving everyone? Which it, it is, to be fair, that is true. But not only that, what if those f facilities existed? What if they were already in play? What if everything could be fine if we just broke down the structures that were uh, holding on to capitalism? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And like, what does a what does a post-imperialist world look like? And it's incredibly hard to picture, and it would require a radical rethinking of all the structures of our world. Um, and that's true. That's true in Gundam. That's true in real life. It's the kind of thing where when you start to think about it, like what is possible and what you can imagine start to like outpace each other for what is like bigger than your brain can handle. Uh, yeah. And also the other thing I want to say is that like Gundam is very 
it's a form that it, it conforms to a, like a structure that is very similar. I was thinking about this movie in the context of Metal Gear a lot, and how yeah. they're basically the same thing, um, but the differences are so key because. Solid Snake is Amro. They are the same character on some level. Solid Snake keeps working for the bad government to stop the people who are more right destroying the world. The problem is, the people who are more right do want to turn the world into a PMC nightmare. That's not a good thing. Uh, and Solid Snake also understands things a bit better than Amro does. Uh, like, yep. the the fact that this is a... F- there are a lot of stories in, in anime in these spaces that focus on the idea of we will work for the corruption because we believe that we can get better the radical so like that's every persona game it's literally every persona game is the god shows up and says i will kill everyone because the world is corrupt and you go no i believe in humans and i also like like that story for like you know i'm not i'm not above the space girls holding up the asteroid i think the end of 79 is like really cathartic and good but once you place that in a more material context and put the work in that gundam does uh you will come to the other side (laughs) and also look at the world a bit um, yeah. So that's, that's like I like it's weird because I think Gundam is often a very conservative show, but it would also be untrue if I didn't admit that Gundam has like radicalized me in a way that I didn't think was possible for a piece of fictional media to do. Uh yeah, absolutely. But like we are now And part of that part of that is a lot of our friends in the Discord that we talk Gundam with are like communists that are willing to extend a hand and do the, this journey with us also. Yeah, like we didn't start out here. Um No. But now we're here and we'll take you here if you if you want to go if you want to think about you know this is not a political podcast we will never claim that but it is a show uh about our about politics, our politics interacting, interacting with, with this media this space robot show that we like a lot yeah we always talk about politics through the lens of children's shows uh that's mm. what we do it's the most honest way honestly read another book uh, <laughs> and we have a final email from liam Congrats on getting to the end of this stretch of UC. ZZ and the film seem to recognize how far the status quo is untenable, but come to opposite conclusions. Do you think this was an intentional disagreement between two, uh, between the two, or a failure to communicate what each team envisioned for Gundam uh, from Lee? Uh, no, because I think Tomino wrote them both. <laughs> like, yeah, he went, he wrote one, and then he wrote the other. So, yeah, I think like this is why if I met Tomino, I'd punch him. So, <laughs> I I don't know if he just doesn't have an answer like doesn't believe that there's one true answer or flip-flops or just it's the movie so it's gonna have a different answer than the show we just finished has yeah right like i don't i don't know like I, this is meant to like be the-, the ending of gundam can be read if you're like i watched the original gundam i watched some zeta i'm a fan i'm gonna go see the robots on the big screen can be read as like a good like a happy ending for casual gundam fans and i think it would be foolish to not admit that this is also a movie that they charged $32 in 1998 money or 1988 money to go see in a theater. Like you got to send the people home happy. So they tell their friends to go see it. Right. But we're sitting up here thinking this is the worst thing that's ever happened because we have the context and the breadth of this is the end of a era of UC and they will come back to UC. But like, this is the like final statement for a while on this universe. And it's a real fucking bummer when you think of it that and way. If you, but putting it in that context is even more depressing because then it's like Gundam as product holding up its own status quo in order to not alienate the people who are watching the product. Yes. <laughs> like, it, like, I don't necessarily think that is Tomino's intention. I think it's much more likely that this is just a fatalist vision he believes in. Um, I mean, but also this is just people making creative products in capitalist societies, right? Yeah. Like, eventually, you have to sell the movie. 
Uh, you do. Like, and maybe that's just what Gundam is always going to be. It's like, hopefully you can walk away from the movie thinking the villains were right because it has to conform to the, like, form where the fucking JSDF can name prototypes Gundam. Which is a thing that has happened in Japan. Like, you go to the Gundam page. Wait, really? That, that God, on, okay. Is, I did not know that. that. on the Gundam Wikipedia page. <laughs> like, oh. the the reputation of what... People think the Gundam is a heroic icon. And, like, I think the Gundam is cool. It's a cool robot. I'm not gonna, like... It's a cool robot. It is a portmanteau of gun and freedom. <laughs> and there are, like, multiple things happening in just that one sentence. <laughs> yes. Uh... And so obviously not everyone's going to like do the work to unpacking that, especially when you can read it in a way that already holds up a status quo of the real world. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I know everyone likes the OVAs coming up. Um, I'm so curious on what victory is because I... Yeah, no idea. I think it's going to be the thing we want, but just a terrible show. <laughs> That's, a That's what I think it's going to be because I think it's just going to be a bunch of things working out but in a really bad I don't know if you're listening to this the first time I, I'd say this every time but this is why I'm saying this because no one tell us we're going to watch the show this is what a podcast is don't email in with your answers now when we ask a hypothetical question about what's going to happen in Gundam don't answer it because you ruin the podcast for everyone but yeah uh, anyway that out of the way talking about the, like what's coming next for UC which is F91 and Victory and my prediction is F91 doesn't really matter um, yeah, and my prediction is victory is going to be. I've I've also heard that that's even more of an entire show shoved into a two-hour yep. movie. So <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> you can't tweet three-hour podcast counting while I'm in the middle of speaking. <laughs> God, uh, yeah, and I mean it's going to be weird, but um, I'm very ex- interested in what skipping into the future looks like. I think it's it's either going to be what does a new world look like. How does how do we envision this? Or it's just going to be the most depressing thing possible, which is that nothing changes and it's um, just Gundam again, same things, same mm-hmm. problems. Um, which the is what I would expect, the, but the fact that everyone hates it means I think it does something more bold, just badly. The thing, the thing that I always disliked about this idea is that those two things are not those thing, two things do not have to be contradictory things, no. right? Like you can have a bold new vision of the future where we achieve the new thing and the, some of the old problems still exist in new contexts and we have to address them through the framework. We've like, we have a whole podcast about Star Trek. That's literally the appeal of Star Trek. We solved all the problems on earth, but some of the problems are still around in new contexts. And we have to talk about those. Yeah. And like, that's um, what's happening in some of this movie where like the Xeon stuff, it's like these, these tensions exist. They are still here. These structures are still being replicated. These like people have not learned Learned the wrong, but like they've not escaped a hundred percent all suffering or oppression or structures of society. Uh, and what does it look like when we go past that? And that's the question I just don't think Gundam's ever going to have it in itself to ask. I mean, victory is the only chance for it to ask because I know every time's a new universe. Yeah, like, like it's like it's weird that this is like the deadline of is Gundam ever going to be bold? And I bet the answer is no. Because I bet like G Fight is going to be weird. A lot of shows going to be about weird things. But yeah, like that'll be fun and interesting in its own way, and I'm really excited for that. But it's not going to like tackle this stuff and be like the vision of what happens after the asteroid falls or whatever the other metaphor you want to use. Yeah, is. because every new universe is going to set everything to zero again. Um, how many? Unless there's a show where the asteroid already fell in the like before the show starts, I guess that's I mean, possible. It's possible, but that's also um, it's also its own form of like intellectual cowardice. Yeah, right? like putting it in a new like. What makes this interesting is that we have seen this happen. We have seen this happen. We have yes. seen the failure. Like because I don't think 
that if 0079 ended with like Xeon winning and Earth, like I don't think that would have had the impact that it has, you know, now after we have seen the long arc of history bend towards failure. Uh, yes, we need to have that happen to understand why that has to be done. Yes, um, we are living in 2019. We, are, we see this every day. We do see this every day. Please drop the asteroid. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, please end capitalism, someone. Yeah, I'm. Sh- we'll still have everyone. Will still have problems. Yes. That we will face them all together when we have the material to survive in a world that is not actively trying to destroy us. Yeah, that's I, I, what I need. Yeah. Until then, you can, of course, always find us on patreon.com slash normapping. <laughs> Thank you, everyone who supported us. Are you, are you uh, proud of that one? You think that was pretty slick? <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, because we also live under material conditions where we have to compromise our ideals for the reality of making rent. That is true, but you uh, also told someone who's already subscribed and pays money to this podcast to uh, fuck off because their read on a cartoon was bad. So, <laughs> that happened in this episode. I hope that they listen to all this and know that I would say fuck off to all of my best friends with love. Okay, I really hope... I tell Jackson to fuck off every day. very true. Hope you heard this. I, I am the one out here compromising my visions and going, please be nice to us. Please don't cancel your pledge over this. <laughs> Please, I believe in the goodness of evil. We can save the world can through compassion. If as you pull a gun on our audience. <laughs> Please don't drop the asteroid on my money. Oh, what the fuck am I <laughs> We've podcasted too long. Thanks, everybody, once again. Go to the Discord, talk to us, send us emails. We'll be back next week again with more Gundam because the Gundam train never stops. Never. Uh, if you've listened to this and you don't really know us, because I feel like this podcast might get retweeted a little bit, uh, go to abnormalmapping.com. Jackson's at EM underscore... Er, Jackson's <laughs> at Headfalls Off. I'm at EM underscore being. Uh, it's, yeah, look, we've been talking for four and a half hours Yeah, now. this is the second podcast um, we recorded today. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're cool. We, we'll talk about everything. We're not always ride or die space communists about everything. It's, we like Star Trek for all things. Yeah, no, we just talked about how much we enjoyed the Star Trek where the message was like, you shouldn't be violent because that's a The fucking thing. benign neoliberal <laughs> imperial power of space. Yeah, these two things can be true at once. Yes. Um, and as we get into, like, the goofier Gundam stuff, I expect that we'll tone down the politics a little bit and enjoy uh, whatever SD Gundam brings us. I've heard conflicting reports. I literally don't think any episode of this podcast is going to be as on our politics bullshit as this. I think this is the peak. Yeah, I God, I hope, fucking hope so, because I don't have much. I have to read more books before I have more <laughs> politics to read to you. Um, I've expended it. I'm like a baby communist. I don't have a whole lot for you at here. At this point, there's only one word left to say. Amuro, Amuro. <laughs> this is the last time you can retweet this. <laughs>
We belong to earth. 